Welcome to the Rotten Round Table. <laughs> up and welcome to the horror cast episode number 155 and this is a rotten roundtable episode in case you're new to us the rotten roundtable episode is an episode where we talk horror news we talk about uh, the current month the calendar of what's coming out and then we go around the rotten roundtable and talk about what each host has been watching uh, we give um, kind of mini reviews we don't get way into things if it's a newer movie, we don't spoil it. Um, so, yeah, these are some of our favorite episodes, and we've got some good movies to talk about tonight. I am one of your hosts tonight, Mark Nato, and I'm going to bring in first from all the way over in uh, the, the West Coast, Jessica. What's up? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> nice to be here and see your faces. I miss all of you. We miss you too. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the what's the um, the weather like out there? Probably probably seventy five and sunny, isn't it? It is sunny. We're technically going through a heat wave, mm. but seventy nine, eighty. Yeah. We. I mean, I we've been getting you. in like the. We've been getting up in like the nineties here and there, mm. and I think we're gonna have a couple days where we're at like a hundred. But I it's went, pretty nice. <laughs> I went last night. Uh, to a place called the Fillmore in Silver Spring, Maryland, to watch one of my favorite bands, Switchfoot. It's the 29th time I've seen them in concert, and they were with Collective Soul. Uh, During the second song, the AC broke. And Uh, that that place was packed. And within within about 10 minutes, it got to about 98 degrees in there. The, The floor was wet. It was so humid. Uh, I felt like I felt like I wanted to pass out. Talk Um, about a super spreader. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Did you have seats or were you standing? No, because of my back. Get shout out to the Fillmore in Silver Spring. I I just had tickets. Uh, The Fillmore is a standing room only kind of venue, Mm -hmm. big general admission thing. And they have like VIP up in the the second level that's just kind of like tables and some seats around, but you got to pay. Well, my buddy that went with me, he was he he told him I, I was having some back issues and I was in pain or whatever, and they upgraded us for free. That's nice. Wow, well, nice. Yeah, so we had a nice seat and uh, up in the upper level in the VIP section. It was it was awesome, but it was it was it was pretty rough. It was so hot. It was. I so say hot. also heat rises, so it's probably even hotter by you mm. guys. Yeah. Oh was, yeah. When when we decided to leave, uh, Collective Soul had about. Three songs left to, to go, but I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> we stepped outside. It was literally like I had stepped into like fall. And and that's just the comparative. It wasn't that, that nice outside. It was just <laughs> so much cooler outside than it was inside. 
So, yeah. And it's stumped Chris. inside as well. As oh. imagine. <laughs> so anyway, thought you'd like to know that. Uh, <laughs> all right, Taminator, come on in. What's going on? Uh, it's so good to see you guys. It's so fun that we have all four of us here. I can't think of the last yeah. time we did a roundtable like that. Yeah, Vin actually watched some movies. It's and, definitely and, it's definitely summer. Oh, Vin put me to shame with movies, so I can't say anything. No. But and it's what's the weather like in Kentucky? You ask. Heat index of uh, 110 today. Mm. Aren't you? Oh, yeah. Wasn't there a lot of flooding or something? Yeah, that was in eastern Kentucky, and I am not in eastern Kentucky. And we, I mean, we've seen a little bit of rain, but. I mean, I just, I, I wake up every morning on my phone to heat advisory, don't go outside, so I don't. Yeah. Well, I meant to, uh, I saw about flooding and I meant to check on you, but I didn't. All right. Uh, no. <laughs> I waved at I you as I floated by. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Vin, coming on in last to the party here. What's up, man? Yeah. And as Tammy said, you know, I'm not usually at these roundtables because um, I don't usually have a lot watched, <laughs> um, but it is summer. I do teach. It's been a very busy summer, um, but I have at least gotten some watches in, uh, which is pretty good. I, I haven't gotten to a lot of the movies I've really wanted to get to because a lot of my watching has been like, you know, folding laundry at the same time. And mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't been able to do a lot of like real immersive type watches. So I kind of save those for, yep. you know, when I can give it my 100 percent attention. So, you know, it, it's kind of a lot of B-list stuff that I've been getting to. But it's something- yeah, you definitely. There are certain ones you can watch while you while you're folding laundry and kid running around, and there's some that you you just can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would say that more and more films coming out are ones that you can't, and that's that's why I'm just going to bring it up right now. I, I feel like I feel like I have um, not not I'm not burned out on on the show. I, I'm I'm still. I love the show. I love recording stuff, but I feel like I'm enjoying watching older horror movies right now. Like the, the, the drive-ins that we're doing, loving them. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about tonight. I, I, I watched an old movie that I hadn't seen in a while and, and I absolutely loved it. But, um, as, as many listeners know, I've, I've prided myself on the past few years is to really watch everything that comes out. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, it has caught up to me, uh, I'm just like burnt out on new horror movies. Like, and maybe, maybe it's because I, f- I feel it's been a really lackluster year. Um, nothing has really excited me. There's been a, a, a few uh, good films that, you know, I will, I will seek out again. Uh, normally the way I gauge it is like, I know uh, it's a good movie or I want to, if I go buy it on Blu-ray, I'm trying to think of what movies I've bought on Blu-ray this year. Maybe two, maybe three. Um, and that's, I mean, I, like even some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about today. I, I know some people are going to disagree with me, but mm-hmm. stuff just didn't impress me. And, um, yeah, so uh, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm probably going to cut back. You know, I'm not going for six or seven hundred movies watched this year. I'm going to watch uh, the ones that I really that really uh, speak to me or, or jump out at me, and I'm going to kind of leave the the uh, you know everything else on the cutting room floor. And if somebody tells me I should watch, I'm, you know, then I'll then I'll do it. But I just can't. <laughs> I just can't right now. I've done. I mean, we've been doing this show for what seven years, something like that. 
I think it's been seven years, maybe eight. It, it's been, it's been close. I think uh, 2015 was the, is at the very end of 2014 that we kind of started uh, with um, uh, killer flicks. And then we moved into uh, the horror cast in 2015. So this is seven, eight years podcasting for me. And I just kind of feel like I want to, I want to watch the older films now a lot more. That's what I'm looking forward to. So anyway, yeah, you need a break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've done that before. Like that whole, that whole like six months that took off, I had just burnt out, but I had burned out of podcasting and I'm not burnt out of podcasting. So we're, we're not going anywhere. So mm -hmm. you might hear more older films and less newer films, but I don't know. Sorry. Well, okay. there's a bunch of us, so, you know, yeah. we can help pick up the slack. Yep. So show. Mark, if you start something and don't like it, will you turn it off or do you make yourself finish it? Mm, I make myself finish it. See, that, maybe you should adopt <laughs> yeah. my attitude, you know, like. Well, <laughs> I, I do that because there have been times where a movie has started slowly and has yeah. uh, impressed me in this in the second act and saved itself. So I kind of feel like a, I don't want to give up on it. But I mean, I will say this: uh, I, I've said this many times on the podcast. If a if a film does not have really high quality cinematography and sound and all of that, and it looks cheap and and acting's crap or whatever, it, it I, I check out. I mean, I might be watching it, but I'm like, you know, watching, I'm just, you're like, looking just at like, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm watching it because I have to, because yeah. I'm a, I'm a daggone completist, but, um, I'm not enjoying it and I'm not immersed, you know, but I, I know, uh, usually within five, 10 minutes when a movie starts, I'm like, okay, this deserves my attention. And, but yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, get into the news feed. That news. A few things that I want to talk about, uh, uh, courtesy of Bloody Disgusting. That's where I get my news most of the time. This has me uh, excited, actually, as, as Halloween season approaching is approaching. Um, there's a, a film. Did you guys see? It's Spirit Halloween, the movie. What? No. I, I didn't like fully read the article, but I saw that that was a thing. Yeah, the new teaser trailer comes out and it's and it's more of a um, you know, kids on bikes like family-friendly horror type thing. It's a uh, uh, kids get trapped inside of a spirit Halloween store. Um and uh spirit Halloween store decorations coming to life. Uh, characters Buzzsaw, Nightcrawler, and Mr. Dark. It has a real goosebumps feel. And it stars it stars Christopher Lloyd and yes. Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> so, okay, I'm watching that. I am watching that. Oh yeah. And you look at the um the poster and it's definitely like it's it's four kids walking into a spirit Halloween store. They're they're casting shadows. One kid has a guitar on his back. It's it's totally like giving me like a eighties, you know, kids on bikes type, you know, kids get into mischief type of thing. I, looks great. Looks great. So that gives me some, uh, some hope there. I mean, half yeah. of me is like gross corporate America. And the other half of me is like, I want everything Halloween. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. 
I'm looking forward to it. So I just want to make sure you guys knew about it. That's supposed to hit VOD. It's not coming out at the theaters, unfortunately. VOD on October 11th. Um, for those of us, for those, for those of us who are collectors, uh, I'm not uh, a 4K Ultra HD collector yet because I do not have uh, a player capable of such deliciousness. Uh, if anyone would like to gift me one, you may do so. <laughs> um, but in September, Toby Hooper's Poltergeist is hitting 4K Ultra HD, wow. um, and it's got you know the making of Poltergeist featurette, uh, um, a bunch of different special features or whatever. And I just say that because um, I know I'll probably get be getting this. Uh, I don't. I have a Blu-ray copy of Poltergeist. But it's pretty bare bones, um, and Best I don't think Buy has really gotten like a cleaned up, yeah, release, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I think I it's have, always been. I've got the Blu-ray, but it's just like it's a, just a basic Blu-ray. It's not like mm-hmm. remastered or anything like that. Yep. Um, so Ultra Ultra yeah. HD 4K, and it and actually uh, Best Buy will be carrying it in a steel book, and you know me in some steel books. I love steel books. The artwork looks pretty cool. And uh, it's only thirty one ninety nine at Best Buy. So there you go. You can pre order that bad boy right now at Best Buy. So that's one. Of, um, can we just say one of the best horror movies of all time? I love. I love Poltergeist. It's in my top ten. You got very uh, fond feelings for Poltergeist. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, no, no matter how you know, poorly some of the the. Uh, <laughs> stuff is aged the the effects have aged most of them have aged very well um there's there's a few things here and there that are kind of but you can't you can't it's such a um a bridge movie like like i felt like i saw this way too young because i thought you know with little carol ann they're here it was like this you know it was a family and and, uh, I thought it was going to be kind of like this fun movie. And then, and it actually like really scares the absolute bejesus out of you to tell you the truth. It's really good. I think what's aged so well is, uh, the characters. Oh yeah. Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson. Like they, ever ever since I was a little kid, they convinced me that they were husband and wife and parents, Mm -hmm. you know, every time I watch it, it it feels authentic. Uh, you know, their, their entire family dynamic. So, yeah. Um, and then what's the uh, what's the lady's name? Uh, this house is clean, you know, or whatever that is. I love it. <laughs> Tell her you're spanker. <laughs> I've never hit a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, next piece of uh, news here. I know Taminator will be beside herself. VHS 99. I saw that. Coming I out. Uh, Shutter. <laughs> Shutter presses yes. play on the fifth entry in the bloody disgusting produced anthology franchise coming out October 20th. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I feel like based on some of the stuff I watched recently, I think we're entering the era of nineties nostalgia. Yeah. You yeah. Eighties like yes. mm-hmm. nostalgia is kind of drifting away and the nineties mm-hmm. is starting to hit harder. And I'm like, um, come back. But I have not seen anything that captures yet actually what the nineties looked and felt like. So um, oh, maybe they'll get I it have. right one day. I have. Is it Boys in Trees? 
Oh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I mean like it? recent stuff. Oh, yeah. recent. Yeah, Boys and Trees were, was good, and um, a couple of different things. But yeah, I, I never. Yeah, there was saying. one a couple of years ago too about like kid that was killing people or something that was pretty good. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that uh, you might want to know that. And it's got uh, who's it got attached? Josh Goldblum. Don't know who that is. Brad Miska. Uh, David Bruckner, who you know did the original VHS. He did the Night House, which is a great movie, and he's doing the the new Hellraiser. Um, Radio Silence is back in it. Um, you know they're they're the ones they've been in VHS things before. Whether they do Ready or Not, Scream. You know, so it's gonna gonna be fun. I think it'll be fun. I guess and, the last one did that come out last year? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, this year, yeah, I think but. So. I think no, I had it on my list for last year. So yeah, yeah that's right. Yep, yeah. I think I think it did very well. So they were like, you know, let's get this new one made. Um, and two more things, real quick. Then they're kind of similar. Uh, Netflix. I'm sorry if you guys watched this and loved it, but they cancel First Kill. Uh, that. That, I did see it and love it. Yeah, they canceled it. I saw this it one and season. thought it was atrocious. <laughs> yeah, she didn't like it. Uh, that was kind of like a vampire, like, wasn't it kind of like a lesbian type of... Lasphema! Uh, yeah. Yeah, Emma Roberts yeah. was an exec- executive producer. I didn't know I that. I know! Yeah. I really like it. Probably why it was so terrible. Yeah. <gasps> well, there you go. Shots fired. Blasphemer, yeah. wow. <laughs> mm. Well... You know, you are dead to me, Jessica. Sometimes these things get uh, picked up in other, you know. So we'll see. There's hope. There's hope, Taminator. <laughs> and then also, <laughs> Warner Brothers is actually shelving a, a bunch of films that are already completed. I don't, I don't think anybody cares here that they're shelving like Batgirl, the movie or whatever. But the new Scoob, Holiday Haunt. Uh, remember the Scoob movie? Was it yeah, two that, years ago? Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty yeah. bad. Yes. Well, they they did a a, a sequel to it, but it was a Christmas themed thing wow. called Holiday Haunt. Okay, uh, yeah, you gotta work to mess up Scooby. Okay. Like, well, but here's the thing: Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It was supposed to uh, come out on HBO Max. It had a forty million dollar budget. Million. Oh my god! You know that might be um, all, all the advertising, everything, um, and they ju- they're just shelving it. They're just saying, "Nah, we're not going to release it." I noticed what? that all of Scooby, the whole Scooby catalog, just recently showed up on HBO Max, and I was all excited. Maybe that was to lead into that. It I'm must sure suck it really bad. To I mean, who spends forty million dollars on a movie, and then even if they think it stinks? Doesn't try to recoup something. Yeah, really. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, that's bizarre. At all. Uh, I remember hating the other one, but I, you know what? I do remember. Um, I think it was the first film during the pandemic. Yeah. That was released straight to home. It's like and I remember paying. Bucks or something like I remember that. paying yeah. twenty mm-hmm. some dollars yeah. uh, and watching at home. My, all my kids. My kids were here. Um, we had a big movie night at home and that we thought, Hey, this is cool. And we all thought, right. That's the future. And no, it's not. 
I hope it's not. <laughs> no. So, yeah. And then last thing, this was a week ago I saw this, but uh, there's a teaser trailer for Del Toro's Pinocchio. If you've not seen it, uh, go check it out. It's definitely not a uh, horror, but it's really cool. Uh, stop motion animated film. Um, and it, it, it actually comes out uh, this December. Um, so it looks, it looks pretty good. That's any, anytime there's a Del Toro something, I'll, uh, I'll plug it. All right. That's all the news I can think of. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to uh, ask you to mark your calendars and we'll talk about what's coming out in August. Hey, love horror movies. Yeah, so do Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, Shutter Kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand, Shudder.com. All right, we are back and we're set to mark our calendars of what's going, coming out uh, in the horror genre in august uh right now as we speak it's august 3rd so hopefully this will be out by fourth or fifth and uh we won't be too far behind the game so i'm just going to tell you uh what is coming out on what date and a little blurb about it and i will say this i always make this uh disclaimer Uh, I, i might miss something there's stuff that drops in the horror genre un un you know unannounced and stuff all the time. So this is, I don't claim that this is 100% everything that will come out, but these are the highlights, uh, something to get on your calendar. So, um, something that's already out on the second, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later tonight is allegoria. It's coming out on shutter. Um, this is basically, uh, known because the director and writer is spider one who um, I think is the lead singer of Power Man 5000. Uh, (laughs) I remember that band. (laughs) Yes. And he, he's done this, I guess he's following in the footsteps of Rob Zombie. (laughs) Um, And I'll tell you what I thought about that uh, a little bit later, but a group of artists lives become unwittingly, entangled as their obsessions and insecurities manifest monsters, demons, and death. So there you have it. Uh, also on the second, it's already out. Um, I want to watch this is uh, gone in the night. This no, you is, don't. No, you did you don't. already watch it? Yes. Well, poop on you. I'm going to watch <laughs> it anyway. Uh, this is okay. Winona Ryder's <laughs> new film. Yeah. Kath and her boyfriend arrive at a remote cabin in the Redwoods. They find a mysterious younger couple already there. Her boyfriend disappears with the young woman and Kath becomes obsessed with finding an explanation. So there you go. Gone in the night. Uh, and just or is ignore. that playing on Shutter? <laughs> no, it's not on Shutter. I think, is it Amazon or is it? Do you have to, is it VOD? You just have to pay for it, probably. VOD. VOD. Mm-hmm. On the fourth, so tomorrow, hypochondriac, a young potter's life devolves into chaos as he loses function of his body while being haunted by the physical manifestation of his childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Sounds a bit artsy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, but uh, it's got got a little bit of buzz going on. It uh, says an extraordinarily honest portrait of mental illness. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. Uh, also on the fourth is coming to shutter what Josiah saw. A family with buried secrets reunite at a farmhouse after two decades to pay for their past sins. Um, this stars Robert Patrick, uh, who I normally like. Uh, so he's like the biggest name actor actor in it. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, on the 5th, which is uh, Friday, I'm, I'm thinking this, you know, if this um, resurrection already came out at the theaters you know what i'm talking about rebecca hall's new movie i think it came out i think it came out in select theaters like limited very limited um i could only find it at one like alamo in dc uh but on friday august 5th i think it comes out on vod so that one is one of my most um look i look forward to that one because i like rebecca hall like pretty much everything she gets herself into uh margaret's life is in order she is capable disciplined and successful everything is under control that is until david returns carrying with him the horrors of margaret's past that's all i need to know rebecca hall tim roth uh mm-hmm. is in it oh. so looking forward to that um also on the fifth i can't wait for this is on hulu is Prey, which is the uh, prequel that they're mm-hmm. doing for off of Predator. Um, yeah. It's the origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Nehru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved Predators to land on Earth. This movie looks awesome. Yeah, it does. It looks really it, it, it good. It looks all kinds <laughs> of awesome. Uh, Amber Mid Thunder is the uh, the lead actor. Uh, Nehru, she she looks good. Mm-hmm. I think this is just a cool idea. Me um, too. The Predator in in Comanche Nation that that is just looks awesome. So uh, that again, worth worth getting yourself Hulu for. Maybe if uh, you don't have Hulu, sign up for a free trial. I think they do that uh, often watch this bad boy and then cancel it <laughs> uh, also coming out at the theaters on the fifth is shutters new uh not shutter a24's new uh slasher called bodies 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 you guys heard about this one jessica uh, and i brought it up i said it looked really bad uh I, I can't imagine it being really bad being from a24 have you watched the trailer uh, I think I saw a trailer for it. I, I don't think I paid that much attention. Um, when, when a group of rich 20-somethings plan a hurricane, par- hurricane party at a remote family mansion, a party game turns deadly in this fresh and funny look at back- backstabbing fake friends and one party gone very, very wrong. Um, the only thing that really turns me off on it is Pete Davidson. Yes. Yeah, and, and I don't know if uh, it's just the trailer, but he just looks insufferable. And well, I don't yeah. like the humor. I don't like humor in my A twenty four. Yeah, I mean, it it could be, you know, something very different uh, done well. 
which I would expect from A24. I really would. So if I, I don't too. enjoy this at all, <laughs> I, I, I would be very disappointed. But I'll watch it. I'll, I'll have to uh, just kind of close my eyes when Pete Davidson's on screen, maybe. I don't know. He's like just, I, I'm sorry. He's not funny in, in, in any way. And I've never thought he was funny. He's, he's not very talented, but uh, hey, he's got... He's got movie roles and Kardashians and all kinds of stuff. So, um, also on the fifth, Kevin Bacon and Anna. Uh, how do you say her name? Klumsky, the girl that used to was in My Girl, right? I think it's Klumsky. Klumsky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are coming to a film called They Them. It uh, is coming out on Peacock only. So again, if you don't have Peacock, then sign up, watch the movie, and cancel. Uh, LGBTQIA plus empowerment tale set at a gay conversion camp. What could go Ooh. wrong? Okay, what I'm watching go- that for sure. <laughs> uh, a gay conversion <laughs> camp. Oh, yeah, those my. are messed up. Yeah. You make so, a good horror movie out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to one every summer, and I'm still not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so they them, and then With the Q and LGBTQ. That's right. Um, <laughs> also on that day is uh, the Sandman, which is uh, a series, and it's releasing on Netflix. Upon escaping after decades of imprisonment by a mortal wizard. Dream, the personification of Dream, sets about to reclaim his lost equipment. Uh, this is this has been a long time coming, um, and it's not necessarily complete horror. It's drama fantasy horror, but still looks up my alley, and it also um, stars Jenna Coleman. And I like me some Jenna Coleman. And stars Patton Oswalt as Matthew the Raven. There you go. This is like the hardest it's ever been for me to not watch a trailer. Oh, really? You just don't want to know anything about it? I don't want to. Okay. Well, you don't have too long to wait. You don't have too long to wait. Good. Um, here's one on the 8th, although I see I'm on IMDb, and it seems like it's already available on Prime Video for $3.99. It's called Dawn. Uh, an unsuspecting couple get into a ride share only to find out that they may have to fight for their lives as the deranged driver puts them through life and death situations. This seems to be a very popular, like, subgenre of horror, mm-hmm. ride share, you know, ride share horror. Um, but anyway, and this one doesn't look very good to me. And it also stars Eric Roberts. Oh, well, which, then you know. Which usually means to me <laughs> big, fat dumpster fire. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Watch it. You're lacking anything for a cup of coffee. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll be in your movie for a stick of chewing gum. Um, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> on the 9th, on VOD is a film called Of the Devil. Of the Devil follows a family desperate to find a cure for their young son's brain cancer. When unconventional treatments lead to the child being possessed by an ancient evil, the parents must fight not only for the child's life, but his very soul. This looks like some serious, like, B-level crappy 
It also sounds really depressing. Yeah, possession film the 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 artwork poster art looks really cheesy and crappy. So you know, I'm not that uh, looking forward to that. Um, also, Tin Can coming out. This was made in 2020, but I think it's only now being kind of like widely released. It's more of a sci-fi horror. As the world faces a deadly plague, humanity's hope for a cure lies with a scientist who awakens imprisoned in a metal chamber. She desperately works to escape her confined cell to save the rest of humanity. <laughs> uh, that has Michael Ironside in it, so that, that at least has some, you know. Yeah, hope. I like him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 12th, releasing on Netflix is Day Shift which is an action comedy fantasy, but it's kind of in the horror realm. Uh, it stars um, Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and Snoop Dogg. Okay. A hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted eight-year-old daughter. His mundane San Fernando Valley job of cleaning pools is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires. What? Yes. Pays him for that. Yeah, so yes. ja- Jamie Foxx as a vampire hunter. Okay, Jamie Foxx is my secret boyfriend, so yes. that'll be really good. <laughs> and Snoop Dogg, is, his character's name is Big John Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guarantee it's not going to be any good. It's going to be funny. Uh, it's going to be good to watch, Okay, though. okay, <laughs> it's going to be. Um, on the 19th, uh, a movie called When I Consume You comes to VOD. A woman and her brother seek revenge against a mysterious stalker. That's all I got. I don't know anything about this film. Uh, maybe it's about a zombie because they're consuming and eat. I don't know. Or maybe that's metaphorical. And then uh, also on the 19th, I've seen the trailer for this in a couple times, uh, is um, Idris Elba and his new film called Beast. Yeah, about a, about a killer lion. <laughs> Me um, and Landon want to see that. Yeah, a father and his two teenage daughters find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion, intent on proving that the savanna has but one apex predator. Have you uh, guys seen the trailer for this? It looks it's like beat for beat a Cujo movie. Yeah, instead it's a lion. Yeah, I mean, I, to me it looks good. It looks like it's it's fun. The only thing that would ruin it for me is if uh, the the lion is really bad CGI. And it doesn't look like it is. No, it doesn't. But it worries me. Like, will it, you know, can they keep that up for a whole movie? But it looks good in the trailer. So hopefully it's one of those things where it's like the less you see, it makes it more scary. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Idris Alba, I mean, that guy's a, Mm -hmm. guy's a great, great actor. So uh, it'll be worth seeing. And also on the 19th, I can't wait. Orphan first kill. Uh, after orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psych- psychiatric facility, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. Is that uh, releasing at the theater? I believe it's. Plus. What'd you say? I think it's a Paramount Plus. Yeah. It, oh, do, I, I it doesn't say right anywhere there. on here. Sometimes it goes there and the theater, sometimes. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be cool to see it at the theater. So I'm 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 looking forward because I really like. Yeah, you, you're right, Vin. On the tr- on the um, poster art, it says streaming on Paramount Plus. 
August 19th. So I, I don't care. It's it's I'm looking forward to it. This is one of the few you. films here this month that I'm looking forward to. The first one was really good. Um, and then the 26th, we're uh, rolling up, rolling things up here. Uh, Man Eater uh, on VOD. It's a killer shark movie. You know, there's a, they're a dime a dozen. Uh, Nikki Wellen, Shane West, Trace Adkins. The singer? Yes. Okay, okay. this movie really is going to This movie's going <laughs> to stink. This movie's going to stink. I'm sorry. Yeah. Trace Adkins. What are they going to Oh gosh, I can't even. Uh and then The Invitation comes out at theaters on August 26th. A young woman is courted and swept off her feet only to realize a gothic conspiracy is afoot. Um this stars uh Nathalie Emmanuel who is absolutely gorgeous she's uh she was in game of thrones um but uh this is a female directed film jessica m thompson uh is directing this i'm I'm looking she's done uh some stuff for handmaid's tale uh but this might be her yeah this looks like it might be her well there's another uh film she did called the light of the moon in 2017 never Never heard of that. So, yep, the invitation's getting some buzz. Uh, my wife and I watch Big Brother. Uh, we love watching trashy uh, uh, reality TV. And I guess this is whoever owns CBS is behind this movie because they're pushing this movie on the Big Brother show. They had like this big competition. It was all, um, you know, themed from this movie, the invitation. So, so at least it's coming out to the theater. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And then lastly, on the 30th, uh, a really cheesy, cheap looking film called the grave digger. Um, I don't know. It, it has zero plot in IMDB and it stars nobody that I know. <laughs> All right. uh, yeah. So there you go. That's what's coming out in August. If you, uh, you know, find something else, let me know. Cause, uh, I like to, you know, keep up with it. But uh, again, there's certain ones that I'm, I'm making a promise to myself. I'm not watching them. I'm not <laughs> watching them. I'm not watching grave digger. Okay. So I'm not watching man eater. <laughs> I'm not watching, um, of the devil. I'm not watching Dawn. Everything else I think I'm going to watch. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, and I did have a question. Um, has anybody else watched this uh, this show called Paper Girls yet? No. Have you ever heard of it? No. No. It's, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's kids oh, on bikes, but it's girls. It's Paper I Girls. And it's their... I put it in my watch list, but I, I didn't really know much about it. It just looked good. I think they have to save the world from aliens or something i don't know i just thought it, i thought i'd throw it out there all right that's it for market calendars we're gonna take a quick break when we get back we're gonna go around the rotten round table and talk about what we've been watching i was like oh, yeah. oh. can you play the wake up playlist do you like this one turn that up louder Oh, 
my god, what is that? Don't touch it. It's a good song. No. Stop. Stop. No. What are you doing? I know it's a great song with its catchy melody and sing-along lyrics, but we cannot play that song. It's only a song. I'm just gonna play it one more time. Don't! Stop! Killer songs you can't resist. Spotify. All right, we are back, and it's time to go around the Rotten Roundtable and talk about what we've been watching. Again, if it's a newer film, uh, we will not be spoiling. So, uh, Larry, uh, Jessica, we're going to come to you first. What have you been watching? What's the movie you've been watching? All right. So, um, one movie that I've seen um, semi-recently is Slapface from this year, and so far, all of the reviews I've heard are pretty middling and underwhelming. So it took me a while to get around to it. But I kept saying, I'm probably going to have to watch this one before the end of the year. So I guess I'll get it over with. Um, and I surprisingly liked it a lot. Um, it has a lot of elements that really appeal to me. And I feel like kind of the running theme this year for me is this like uh, messed up childhood trauma <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of movies going on in the you know the horror horror genre or semi horror genre. Um, all my I think all my favorites from this year have to do with that. So here's just another another one to put on the list. But um, yeah, I know I haven't heard anybody say anything really great about it. Um, but I liked it a lot. I didn't really see any problems with it. I really enjoyed the acting. I loved how bleak it was. It's really bleak. Um, in a way, it doesn't really feel very grounded because of how bleak it is. But in this world, I believe it, you know, it's kind of like this world has been created and all of the characters are dealing with their own issues. Um, and so that's why it just feels very depressing. But um, just to give a little plot summary for anyone who doesn't know, it's a really vague one, but uh, a boy deals with the loss of his mother by creating a relationship with a dangerous monster rumored to live in the woods. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just liked a lot of things about it. Even the monster, they do a good job at not showing too much, so it doesn't look bad or good, you know? But it's still kind of this weird, ominous presence. I think the boy, the main boy, did a really great job. His name is August Maturo. Apparently, he was in The Nun, but I never watched that, so I don't you know. You've seen The Nun? I try. You know, I usually don't bail on movies, but I watched part of The Nun, and I was like, I'm out. I cannot watch this. I was, I was one of the very few who liked it. I was I so excited for it, <laughs> and I was bummed, like, very early on. It was just very cheesy to me, but apparently he's in it. I don't know who he plays, but um, <laughs> I saw that in his credits. Um, but, yeah, it's, like I said, it's like all the characters are dealing with their own thing. Um, even the brother of the main character, who is kind of annoying, and his acting isn't, like, that great, I still understand the purpose that he serves and I still understand that they have kind of a complicated background and relationship. And so therefore I, I liked it enough for it to not be ruined by the bad, you know, performance. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I don't know. It's just like all the things about it that I did like outweighed anything, you know, that would be problematic for me. So a lot of people, I guess, don't like this movie or they think it's kind of boring or in the middle. But I really liked it. Um, And it also looks beautiful. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah, So if you like pressing stuff. (laughs) I I definitely remember... um, thinking it was okay i think it's one of those that i'm gonna have to mm-hmm. take a second look at um near the end of the year because I, I liked it okay but uh i think it, there's some um some deeper meaning to it that maybe i was you know not uh, maybe i was just kind of trying to watch it without uh, really watching it if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh, i thought there was some good part it does look great i mean the cinematography looks looks really good and uh i like the the, whatever that is witch or demon or whatever that thing is that looks it looks good um yeah did you see this one van yeah i did um i i was one of the people who thought it was middling i think um i thought that the abuse and bullying was dealt with really well uh but the creature was just really underdeveloped um i kind of wish they did more with that it almost didn't need to be there at all uh the way that they handled it but um you know it had a lot of potential uh, you know, I didn't, I, I, I guess I liked it overall, but, um, I, I thought there could have been more there. Yeah. I think I remember liking that old, what was that? A, an old school that asylum or something abandoned like that. building or whatever that was. Yeah. I don't remember actually. <laughs> it was a mental yeah. institution that was like closed down or something. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's definitely one I'm going to give another shot because I think it might, you know, it's it's a contender for me for a top twenty, and that I'm sorry, that's just the year it's been for for me so far. <laughs> but um, yeah, all right. Yeah, and I wonder if just like my expectations were slow, like so low by the point that I finally watched it, that I was like, wait a minute, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely gonna have to watch it again to see yeah. if I've like <laughs> calmed down on it a bit. But yeah. I was really not looking forward to watching it after the reviews I'd heard. All right. Slap face. Vin, what you got? Um, we'll talk about one that I really like that uh, you guys have probably all seen by this point because it came out at the, right the beginning of the year on Shudder. But that's the, All the Moons. Mm-hmm. Um, did all of you see this one? I have not seen it yet. Yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Uh, it's Spanish film, but uh, in the Basque language. Um, so it's filmed in the, well, I mean, I'm assuming it's filmed in the Basque region, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is in north of Spain near the Pyrenees Mountains. Um, you know, it, it basically it's a period film. Uh, it's an orphan girl is saved from death by a vampire um, in the late 19th century during the Third Carlist War, which is one of their one of their civil wars. Um, and she kind of briefly becomes the adoptive daughter of a vampire before being forced to survive on her own. And it, it's you know, I, I think that a lot of like, you know, harder core horror fans wouldn't necessarily consider this horror um you know it's it's a dark fantasy period drama that spans decades and has a strong theme of like ostracism and loneliness and the desire to belong um whether to a family a community or i think with the backdrop of multiple spanish civil wars like to belong Mm -hmm. to a nation uh you know it has to do a lot with identity and how we feel or how we define our roles and connections with others 
Um, I think it also looks at fear and intolerance and like the dangerous pressures of conformity. Like there's a lot of really good themes that are working through here. Um, yeah, the, the protagonist, she's this young girl who doesn't allow others to define her. Like she kind of creates avenues and circumstances for herself. She's like a vampire, but that doesn't ultimately define who she is to herself or, you know, to others around her. Um, it's kind of a really, I think, beautiful, elegantly told tale of like coming of age. Uh, it's just a coming of age process that takes decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought the film did a great job with its narrative and with evoking the time period. Um, you know, it's a film that's it's more fairy tale than horror, but it's still very dark fairy tale. Uh, and like we've seen with other movies that, you know, I've liked over the years, kind of dark fairy dark fairy tales are right up my alley, um, yeah. with very few exceptions. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, the, I that's really the tagline for this movie. Not all fairy tales are for children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was I was highly impressed with this one. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. It's another one I'm going to have to rewatch. I remember liking it quite a bit. I know there's, is it me or is, is there's not a ton of dialogue in this? No, especially in the first half. Yeah. There's not. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. Yeah. But I remember it, it looking fantastic. Uh, yeah. And, it's uh, really beautiful. The acting was really top notch. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely going to give it a, a, another watch because, I again, I think this one definitely be top top 20 for me um so far but it, again it's yeah. not straight horror uh it, it is more like vin said more coming age drama fantasy we, we always say you know just just because it's got a it's about a vampire or if it's about a werewolf or whatever it gets lumped into horror but, but this is one it, of those movies where a horror fan will say it's not really horror but somebody who's not a horror fan is probably going to call it a horror film you know so yeah. it's, it kind of has yeah. to do with our perspective on these things and our expectations. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, think about it is it is kind of horrific. I mean, she was not, she didn't choose to become this immortal being, you know, it, it was, it was chosen for her. And then it's, it's like, there's a lot of, uh, if I remember, there's, there's a lot of dealing with like loneliness, right? And yeah. Everybody's, oh, yeah. everybody's looking to belong to something. Yeah. To have uh, a so, family. Yeah, so that would be horrific, right? To have immortality uh, and, and like this isolation and loneliness chosen for you and you just can't. all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, really good. Really good film. All right, Terminator. Okay, um, I'm going to come in with my favorite thing that I watched. Um, that was, is it Watcher or The Watcher? Watcher. Um, Watcher and the stars are girl Maker Monroe, who I will admit I watched it just because she was in it. <laughs> I love her. A little synopsis is as a serial killer stalks the city, a younger young actress who just moved to town with her boyfriend notices a mysterious stranger watching her from across the street. It sounds very simple and it kind of is, but I, this reminded me of like a modern day kind of like Hitchcock thriller, you know, with the blonde in distress. Um, and it really mm-hmm. lived up to that. This, I like I said, I admit I watched it for her and ended up really liking it. And I'm, it's really different. Um, and thing, it, I, it's definitely made better by my makeup. Like she has mm-hmm. this ability to just be in a movie, and I don't think all actors or actresses can pull that off. She doesn't, you know, she's just so easy to watch, and she 
just plays like someone going through their life so well. And that's kind of, I feel like every time I've seen her, that's what she's doing, but she does it so well. Um, it also stars um, another person who I really like, Bern Gorman, who plays the bad guy. Uh, I know him from Torchwood, which is a Doctor Who spinoff. It's kind of like the Doctor Who for adults. And mm -hmm. he played such a sleaze in there. And he plays... Not really a sleaze in here, but oh, he's a sleaze. Yeah, a sleaze. <laughs> he's a creep. Um, he's a creep. Creep is the better is a better word for. It. He's just. I mean, if you had just like seen him on a train or something, you would just like not even want to sit by him or whatever. Mm. Um, and then once it ended, I realized I probably liked it more than I should have, but I don't care. I'm not even going to apologize. Yeah, and I like the I, ending too. I love the ending. It was so good. But I was just going to say, like, if you're if you're looking for horror. This relies more on like dread and the unknown and isolation. And you don't really get your like balls out horror till probably the very last 10 minutes of the movie. So just know that going into it, you got to be willing to wait. Although it's it's pretty good horror uh, where it ends up going. And it it did keep me guessing. I mean, I kind of was figuring out what was going on, but it did a it did a good like kind of springing it on me at the end. So, yeah, it was uh really good i know it came to the movies but like i went to go see it on the second weekend it was out and it was already gone i don't know if that was just by me or whatever but um yeah, yeah i watched yeah. it on vod I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't see it in the theater but yeah I, this is definitely in my top 10 of the year it's yeah um, me too mike Monroe is one of my favorites she just kind of commands the screen for me and yep. pretty much everything that she's in uh i thought burn gorman made the movie i thought his, yes his uh creepy sleaziness and it, but they they keep it it's very apparent that he's the bad guy but they just kind of keep it they like, make is he is it, yeah because it, it's that's the hitchcock of it you know yes the, it's the it's the woman who nobody believes yeah uh and that's part of the horror is is knowing knowing that you're pretty much right and you're probably in danger and and nobody, your, your closest, you know, your your boyfriend or her husband, right? It was her husband, and I think they went to Poland, right? Yeah, and Bucharest. that was the only person that she knew, and he was very yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. honey, he was you're a complete, just... A, he was yeah. a complete jerk, actually. Complete uh, jerk. Um, he would, like, make fun of her with his friends because she couldn't speak Polish, and they would, like, make fun of her in front of her. And mm -hmm. just, I mean, so she her isolation just got worse and worse, and she yeah. literally had no one. I mean, the, the, it's almost like the closest person in her life became the stalker in a way. Mm -hmm. So, yep. uh. yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it, it's a very like, I mean, I always say that, but like rear windowy, very, um, yes, yeah, type of thing. But it, it's definitely, definitely a good film. So, yeah. I think yeah, you'll like it, Vin. Yes, I do too. You haven't Just seen it. Just God you? knows. Cause no, I haven't he, seen it yet. Yeah, it's worth it. It's it's a quick. It's an hour and thirty one minutes. It moves moves pretty quickly. It does, even though it is kind of a quiet and it's a lot of brooding oh, yeah. and tension and you know it's not like not a lot of yeah. action, but it doesn't matter because make it just carries you through the yeah. story so. It's well. it's the um, it's the atmosphere mm -hmm. uh, and 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 all of that. The tone of the film. It's it's not a you know there's not a, a bunch of kills and stuff and you know there's some stuff that that's creepy, but yeah um okay so my my turn and i know we've uh at least three of us have seen this i don't think vin has seen it yet because vin does not get to go out to the movies very often no 
yes. Uh, those, those children of yours keep you home. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, and that's the black phone. Uh, this is the, uh, the new film based on, uh, Joe Hill's short story, the black phone, uh, Scott Derrickson wrote the screenplay and, uh, also directed it. Scott Derrickson is, uh, known for, um, uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Sinister, you know, he's done um, some Into the Dark stuff, like a Mod Valentine. That was one. Sinister 2. Christie, which is a film that uh, we, we talked about that, that's kind of like a hidden gem. So he, he's, 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 a, he's no stranger to the horror genre. Um, after uh, being abducted by a child killer... And locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. Uh, hence, the black phone. Uh, this stars uh, Mason Thames. I guess it's Thames or is it Thames? I don't know. I don't know, but he's amazing. Yeah, as Finney. Uh, Madeline McGraw as Gwen. She is awesome. In this film, mm-hmm. um, Ethan Hawke is the grabber. Uh, Jeremy Davies as Terrence. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the detectives; they're not that important. Um, and then you've got some uh, uh, some of these other kids. Um, who am I looking at? I wanted to give the I'm trying the to remember. Boy. I'm looking for what his name was. Uh, it's Miguel Cazares Mora. Who played Robin, and it's his debut Robin. film. Yes, Robin. Mm-hmm. He was good. He was um, really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Um, Buzz, Spencer Fitzgerald, Maddie, Jordan, Isaiah White, uh, Bruce, Tristan Prevong. Uh, yeah, so not a lot of people you're going to know except for Ethan Hawke. To tell you also, James Ranson from uh, It. <laughs> What, he plays, is he a victim? He plays, oh, he's the brother in this. Of he's the, the brother. He's the brother. Yeah, okay. but he plays Eddie in uh, oh, that, the okay. I can, You know what? I completely did not place him at all. I did oh, not really? place him as being Eddie from It. I, I really as did. As soon as I saw him, I was like, where do I know him from? And my daughter had to remember because she's yeah. the one who has a memory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, so this this takes place. Uh, it takes place in the eighties, right, or seventies? I forget. Seventies. It's in the se- late seventies or whatever. And and um, these there's a serial killer going around. He's a, he's a child killer. He's he's kidnapping kids and they're ending up. Um, uh, he kills them. Of course, they never find them because they just disappear. Uh, sometimes they'll find a black balloon uh, at the the site of the, the kidnapping. And this is definitely uh, a Joe Hill uh, story that, you know, he he gets a lot of his stuff from his father, I think, (laughs) because there is a um, there is a little subplot about Gwen being kind of like psychic or having this ability to have dreams about, you know, what's happening and everything. That's very Stephen King ish. Uh, if you ask me, um, yeah. so this, you know, you could just say this was a, uh, Stephen King film and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, you know, surprise me, uh, the masks that Ethan Hawke wears, 
uh, are pretty creepy and pretty cool. The setting is pretty cool uh, in the uh, uh, this room with the, the the black phone that's disconnected, but uh, all the kids that this guy has killed before start to call him and try to help him escape. And um, I will say this: I I really really like this movie. It's it's probably my number one film of the year so far. I uh, enjoyed it a lot. I've seen it three times now um, oh wow yeah um but going i'm not going to go into any spoilers or anything Th- this is the only thing that i would do to make it better i needed more time uh he needed more time with uh the grabber i, I felt like um you know there's probably a good half hour of the film until he gets grabbed. Would you say it's that long? Maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I don't know. They, they set it up. You know, it's not a, uh, you know, he gets grabbed at the beginning and and then it's, we're on our way. There's, you know, there's some fear in the community. He's Mm -hmm. actually very afraid of being grabbed, you know? Right. And, um, And eventually he does get grabbed. And I was just like, I think that we needed more time with the grabber and he needed, I felt like he need it needed to, I needed to feel like he was in more danger. Like Mm -hmm. while he was in that room. Agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing. Um, Because we basically start with his, his, uh, kidnapping or whatever, his abduction. And I, I mean, you do turn out to be spoilery. You do be come introduced to the other victims, but kind of in a posthumous way. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, you when it starts out with him being grabbed, you you don't you don't understand the menace of this guy, and you come to kind of learn how bad it is because of how bad he is. But yeah, I was definitely wishing we could have seen a couple of the other kids get grabbed, especially because. They're going to get introduced to you later on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's and I thought it was a cool idea how, uh, you know, the, this phone, they were using that to communicate. Because you get a, yes, you get like this, this child in peril, the kidnapper, serial killer type um, movie. But then you also get kind of like a haunting, uh, ghosty kind of film. Yeah, well. then it becomes a Stephen King story right there, yeah. very much. Uh, yeah. So it, it's uh, it's very good. It's very good. It's not perfect. It, it's not a ten for me. Uh, but it's I, a ten for this year, I think. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't do it that way. I mean, I can't give it a ten just because the year stinks, and I'm like, oh, it's a ten, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's about a nine, nine and a half. For me, and I will want, and I will buy this on Blu-ray as soon as, as soon as it comes out. This is a, this is a good. I, I like Scott Derrickson. I, lo- I like his sensibilities and and, and the things that he uh, does in his direction and uh, screenwriting. So, yeah. But man, if there is a, here here would be this would be perfect. Comes out on Blu-ray. There's unde- there's deleted scenes and there's like a. Um, like a two-hour, um, you know, edit because it's an hour and forty-three minutes. 
I actually felt that it was shorter. Yeah, I did too. Have you ever, I, I don't normally feel that way. If, if it's an hour and 43 minutes, I'm like, yeah, that was definitely an hour and 43 minutes. I remember seeing this while my kids were at camp and I was like, that's it. Like I that wanted usually more. means you wanted more. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It had already been an hour and 43 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I yep. saw it with Landon and he felt like this is not only his favorite movie of the year, but probably like one of his favorite movies of all time, but he's also the same exact age as the kid in the yeah, movie. I think, and it would I, be, I think it would be scary for a kid too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, all the peril is, yeah. is directed to kids. I mean, well, my and that's a very oh, sorry, Jesse. That's a very seventies thing too. I don't think Landon really. Kids are kind of like shielded. I don't know if it's because we're all so much more careful now, but I think to him, kids getting just nabbed off the street is kind of a foreign concept. And um, mm-hmm. I, when I was growing up, that was very real. I mean, you know, I had John Wayne Gacy like two towns over when nobody knew. We just knew kids were disappearing, and you didn't know what was going on, and it was a very real thing you know yeah. uh, although we were also were given more freedom at that time i think than kids are now mm. um you know landon went out one night by himself just to walk around because it was so hot he wasn't able to leave the apartment and so finally one night at like 10 i just let him go but the whole time i'm like please call me please snapchat <laughs> me you know and there's, yeah. not gonna come out yeah. <laughs> i live on this you know road in the middle of nowhere in nowhere kentucky just Mm-hmm. chances of anything happening are very but it's just like you know that's a very real thing but i also i think kids don't don't just don't yeah. i think they have like this vague stranger danger sense you know because we're always telling them no 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 uh but i mean it was a really real thing growing up in the yeah. 70s and 80s so yep yeah. and i um i also think that uh and the way it, it's all set up and stuff is kind of this is a very um contained story but i think the grabber it could be like a like a little bit of a horror arc icon if they make it if we do some like prequels mm-hmm. or something and see how he became uh oh i would the love grabber. that yeah like maybe he just moved to this city and these are the kids that he killed in this city and but he has done this other places you yeah know. because age-wise he could have definitely yeah, I mean, Done Ethan Hawke is probably 50. Yeah. Even though he looks awesome. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's ridiculous. You, you know, Tom Savini. You shirt off um, uh, when you're 50. <laughs> 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 you know, um, Tom Savini was the one who did the mask. That ma- yeah, he designed the mask. So that's didn't pretty he, Didn't cool. he have a couple different masks? He did. Well, yeah. He was like switching out pieces. He was switching out, mask. and like he, there was just the bottom. Sometimes mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, it was almost like it fit. To it was weird. It's definitely it was unique, really cool, though. Yeah, definitely unique. But it was so yeah. unsettling because it was like stuck in a smile, and it was mm-hmm. like a real huge un- inhuman smile, and oh, it was just mm-hmm. unsettling. And <laughs> you never really got to see a, a good clear shot of Ethan Hawke's face Mm-mm. in in the I entire film. I wonder if it's um. It's probably, I'm guessing, because they really want you to just focus on, like, the kids and their story, you know, and their journey. 
not focus on the killer, kind of like what we're trying to do with the news and stuff yeah. now. Like, don't focus on that killer yeah. and give him the attention he wants. Focus mm-hmm. on these poor victims. Um, I feel like but, maybe that's why they, they didn't spend so much time. Yeah. You know, so creepy, them. man. The mask, oh, it is creepy. The, um, uh, the black balloons, the van, the magic tricks. I mean, just creepy. Creepy, man. So definitely... Yeah. Uh, Definitely watch that, Vin. It's on my Plex, buddy. Mm-hmm. So get 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 to watching. Yeah, it was really was cool because I got to um, watch this with my mom and my daughter in the theater. And you know, my mom's kind of like the reason that I'm into horror. And mm. my daughter's not super into horror, but every once in a while, we'll watch a good one that really gets her. And all three of us afterwards were like, "Oh my god, that was great!" <laughs> you know, so mm. it's just yeah. really nice. Yep. <sighs> Such a good experience. Yes. Yep. There you go. Black phone. Jessica, back up to you. All right. I'm going to bring up another one that was surprising for me. Um, I mean, just based on the plot summary, I thought it was going to be dumb, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, but it really surprised me. And I'm referring to the movie Shut In from this year. Um, and the summary for that is when a young mother is barricaded inside a pantry by her violent ex-boyfriend, she must use ingenuity to protect her two small children from escalating danger while finding an escape. Um, and so when I heard people bring this movie up, I just thought there's no way that movie can be good. Uh, Mm -hmm. but I was wrong. I really liked it. Uh, the main actress, her name is Rainy Qualley. Uh, she's the daughter, one of the daughters of Andy McDowell. Um, mm. And she is gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, she is so beautiful. And I looked her up. Oh, okay. It's Andy McDowell's daughter. That makes sense. Um, but she was really good. I don't think yeah. that she's been in, I mean, she's been in some stuff. I know she's in like one of the ocean, like Ocean's 8 or something and a couple things here and there. But she really had me believing her you know, her story and that she was in peril yeah. and I feared for the kids. The kids felt like totally real. Mm-hmm. The things that do happen, um, they just feel so grounded and like it could totally happen. Um, I didn't even notice this, but Vincent Gallo is one of the characters. It's a really small cast. Yeah. You know, it's like the mom, her two kids, and then like two other dudes. Um, and one of those dudes is Vincent Gallo, the weirdo who made the brown bunny in Buffalo 6 6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't heard his name in a while, but um, kind of a cool role for him, honestly, because of his weird personality. I think it works. Um, but yeah, it just really surprised me. And, you know, it's totally, I don't know, it just sounds so dumb, but it's actually really believable. Mm-hmm. And the performances are really good. I mean, this little girl that's her daughter, she's trying to kind of direct her while she's locked in the pantry in the super old house. Single mom has nobody on her side. You know, it's like it's just so heartbreaking and terrifying, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's trying to direct this little girl that seems just like a genuine little it doesn't seem like a little actress or anything at all. Like this is just somebody's kid that came to the yeah. set or something. And the way she responds to the directions from her mom is just so believable. 
Um, but actually also really looks good. I really like the setting of this weird old farmhouse that's kind of falling apart. Um, I like the, it's like an apple farm and they use the rotten apples as a metaphor and things like that, but it's not like shoved in your face too mm. much. You know what I mean? Like they don't focus on just that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. I actually want to watch it again. Yep. Yeah. I, I, um, I started this and I learned it, I was really liking it and I forget what happened and I pray my kids were bothering me or something and I, I didn't get a chance to finish it. So I need to go and finish it. Uh, I don't know if you like the rainy quality, uh, that much. She's also in another film this year called ultrasound. Okay. Um, that is kind of like a horror sci-fi mystery. Um, it's supposed to be pretty good. It's on Hulu uh, and that's been getting some good ratings. Nice. What are you, what are you cool. doing, Taminator? I was showing Landon I can't talk right now. I'm podcasting. So. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> um, so the only other thing I have is the director is DJ Caruso, and he did Disturbia, and he also directed The Salton Sea, which I don't know if you guys ever saw that one. Um, but oh, that but was I love actually, Disturbia. I love yeah. Disturbia. Yeah. Salt and Sea is a cool, weird movie from back in the day um, that my mom and I really enjoy. Yep. It's a really good movie. Another, those are all like kind of weird, like horror thrillers, you know? Mm hmm. Yep. Very good. Yeah, all so. right. Vin, you're back up. Um, well, one of them that's still kind of recent, I think. I know Jessica saw it, and I think Tammy DNF'd it. Uh, Mad God. Right. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Yep. You haven't seen it yet? Okay. Um, I want to, though. That's the uh, like stop motion yeah. type thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Again, on Shudder. Um, directed by Phil Tippett. Um, of course, the visual effects for like Star Wars, Robocop, Jurassic Park. Um, and from what I understand, he, he started this thing like 30 years ago. And then he basically almost abandoned it after Jurassic Park came out the cgi effects you know of course he was a part of that movie but um he basically felt extinct at that point right um but then i guess over the past couple of years people encouraged him to finish it and then he ended up getting a kickstarter campaign to finance it so after about 30 years it's finally done um and you know it's a a mix of live action and stop motion animation um on a purely technical level it's an amazing achievement mm. um you know, uh, the worlds that Tippett creates, they're like nightmarish. Um, they have a real nightmare logic to them. Uh, it's kind of like this series of post-industrial dystopian landscapes. And some are even like post-apocalyptic, you know. Um, it's like one landscape after another where the inhabitants just destroy themselves constantly. Um, in the beginning, we kind of have this assassin character. I guess he's known as the assassin. He looks like a miner. Uh, who's descending downward from the clouds um, in, it looks like almost like a diving bell or something, uh, through world after world after world, and each time it looks like it was kind of a, a, a world that was destroyed, and then another world was built on top of it. Uh, the very top layer, it's almost like this battle-enraged Tower of Babel or something like that that's going on. Um, there's definitely some memorable imagery in here, uh, and even some really kind of creepy ones. Um, a lot of black humor punctuated throughout as well. Uh, it's just like world after world that we see is like fueled by cruelty. Um, I, you know, the experience is really impressive, uh, but I think it can also get tiring. Like you start to realize that there's no real story 
being told. Like we're seeing vignettes and you're kind of left wondering sometimes what the point is of the things that you're seeing. There is like this kind of overall theme of like a cruel God, uh, you know, like basically creating in order to, I guess, you know, have his creations like feed upon each other. And, uh, you know, it's it, there, there's kind of like a theme there, mm-hmm. but it's not really a narrative. It's not something that you can that that flows from one thing to the other. So it's very like impressionistic. Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, Jessica, you had mentioned that it's, it's kind of like watching like an Adam Jones video. Yeah, right. Totally. You know, like for, for tool. Um, yeah, I love tool videos, but like I know that Adam Jones, he like he doesn't create the videos based on the lyrics. Like he just kind of creates it based on the music. And then, of mm-hmm. course, that's how they make the music. They, they make the music and then, you know, Maynard adds lyrics later. Uh, so the the music videos for tool don't always necessarily match up with what the lyrics are trying to talk about, uh, which is fine. They're just, they're kind of awesome works of art on their own. That's kind of mm-hmm. like what this is. Like I kind of, I enjoyed myself while I watched it, but because there's not really a narrative and the story is just non-existent most of the time, I don't know if I'll ever return to it again. You know, uh, I wish that there was a little more of a through line. Um, there's a few nods here and there, you know, you can kind of start constructing something at times, but uh, it, it does feel kind of very meandering and it's just, it's, it's impressive, but it also gets a little bit exhausting, I think. Um, so anyway, that, that was, that's how I felt. Uh, I know Tammy checked out. I felt like there was a narrative, but it was like, I was on the tip of understanding what it was. Yeah. You know, or that's how I felt anyways. But I also brought this to movie night with like five friends <laughs> and I didn't really know anything about it. And the whole time we're just like, what the heck are we watching? <laughs> some of my friends may have been under the influence of some things, you know, and they were like, what is this? But we were totally spitballing trying to figure out, you know, what is the, the meaning of life? Is that what this is all about? Um, but it's crazy, and some of it's super gross, but, like, it's so awesome that it can make you feel so gross, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But I am I need to rewatch it, like, by myself, <laughs> not, like, fun movie night mode, and see if I can try and figure out what I think the narrative is. Because it seemed like the main character was on a mission, you know? And yeah, it was, it like... It seems like the first half hour, it seems like there's some kind of narrative. Yeah. But then, like, it kind of ends up losing it along the way. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it confusing. Very yeah. Because I think there is a point where we're going back in time, you know, to, it, like, whoever started the mission. Like, it, it kind of feels like it's an anthology. Mm. In, like, we're looking at different areas, but there's not a hard connection with any of them. I don't know. It, it's a difficult movie to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's very difficult to talk about. You just kind of have to experience it. And it's just, that's the kind of thing. Like, you know, you whoever goes into it, no go into it, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, that you're not really gonna get a story out of this. You can you can kind of piece together a story on your own, but you're not gonna find a clear narrative in here at all. This is just like impressionistic images that you're constantly being, you know, you're being assaulted with. So I almost feel like it's the kind of movie that you can kind of like watch in like, you know, bits and chunks. Cause to sit there for an hour and a half. It, I did feel like, you know, I was my patience was being tried a little bit at times, but 
if, if Vin's patience is being tried, <laughs> maybe I need to skip this bad boy because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's worth experiencing. I yeah. mean, but yeah, it's right. definitely worth experiencing just to feel so like unsettled, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's some weird stuff in there. It's yeah, in a good way. Is it like Tim Burton? No, like I said, like it watch like a tool music video. It's more like that. Okay. But more. I've but never more seen like, you know, a tool defecating. video. Never seen a tool video. So. Really? Man, so you're missing out. Yeah. Adam Jones makes some awesome videos. Talk about 90s nostalgia. Mm. All right. <laughs> All right, Taminator, you're next. All right. Sorry to go downhill so quickly, but I'm going to go with Gone in the Night. Um, you already read the synopsis, but when Kath and her boyfriend arrive at a remote cabin in the Redwoods, they find a mysterious younger couple already there. Her boyfriend disappears with the young woman, and Kath becomes obsessed with finding an explanation. Okay. So, this was on your Plex under Horror Releases 2022. <laughs> so, I thought, okay. Um, it looked like one I could sit through. Uh, it's not horror, but it's definitely thriller, but it maybe it could have been horror if it had been done right. Also, it stars Winona Ryder and Dermot Mulroney, who I have to say, if this was their first acting job, their careers would have, that would have been it. Um, <laughs> these were some of the most phoned in performances I've ever seen. And I mean, I don't know how great Winona Ryder ever really was, but just coming off of finishing um, Stranger Things, I guess and she plays kind of a ditzy m mom in there, you know? And so I, I that's who, who she is, like, it's who she is in there. So I guess I didn't notice, but she's playing kind of like that same character in here, but she's supposed to be this botanical scientist. And it just is like, what? No. Um, it also stars John Gallagher Jr., who's the man from Hush, who does the, you know, killing. <laughs> I like him. Uh, which I like him, too. Um, but he plays a good guy in here, and I just think he would a better guy and there's bad guys in here and i just was surprised they put him in that role and put made dermot mulrooney the bad guy it was just those two should switch places i think uh the best person by far was owen teague who i recognize him as hockstetter from both of the it movies and he's been in a few other things you guys would know him if you saw his face but uh he was really good and he's wasted kind of wasted in here um but yeah, I mean, it has a, a great look, and it was just, I don't know. I, I, I can't, it, it's hard to talk about without giving it away, but it's it does have one thing I like. It's one of those where the story's told out of sequence. So, like, you, you get a scene, and then a scene, and then the scene mm -hmm. goes back before that. And like, So I normally like that, and I was kind of, like, in it for the first half, but then when it started to like yeah no i just kind of like when things were supposed to be happening it was just kind of apparent how horrible these performances were and how just whack this whole story was so i mean don't dermot mulrooney is kind of like this evil scientist who's trying to cure this disease and i can't say too much more but and just how winona and uh, what's his face's uh, lives kind of intersect with him and yeah, but it's just, I mean, it could have been good. I don't know how they messed it up so bad. But you guys would actually, you'd have to see it to understand what I'm talking about. But I've just never seen, like, 
worse acting in a stupider story. So does it make I, sense that it's also known as the cow? Like what in the world? Um, yeah, okay. it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of a name that Dermot has for his test subjects. He just calls them stupid cows. Yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, it's weird because I see, you know, a, a lot of good reviews on here, mm. uh, but I also see, like Vince said, poop on a stick. <laughs> so, I know. mean, I really wanted to like it. I, like I said, I think I'm a little high on Winona right now because I loved uh, Stranger Things so much and I do like her character in there. I just, I, maybe she was never that great of an actress to begin with because. She's just bad in here. So. How dare you? How dare you say something? Somebody watch it, please, right. and then report back because I think I'll, you'll I'll, agree I'll with watch me. it. I'll watch yeah. it. I was I wanted to watch it. So okay. All right, everyone everyone wanna uh get ready because I'm about ready to to blow the lid off. Blow the Uh-oh. Okay. We're gonna talk about nope. Um Jessica, you're the only other one that saw this, right? Am I? Did Tammy end up like never seeing it? No, she's no. And I, after it. what Mark said, I was like, nope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch you it for to yourself. Watch it. I'm always about when it's on Plex. I will probably watch it, but I wasn't oh, gonna spend. The theater where we were was like one of those IMAXy kind of theaters, and that was it was like fifteen dollars a person to yeah. see it, and I was like, no, nope, no. All right, here we go. Uh, this is Jordan Peele's latest film. He wrote and directed it. Um, the residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an un- gulch. Uh, I guess it's like a valley type thing. Um, gulch. <laughs> yes, they bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery, which is neither uncanny nor chilling. Um <laughs> It stars Daniel uh, Kaluuya as OJ. Uh, he, he's also, of course, he was in Get Out, uh, Black Panther, Judas and the Black Messiah, Queen and Slim, um, and a lot of stuff now. Uh, Kiki Palmer as Emerald Haywood. Brandon, uh, is it Pariah, I think, as uh, Angel Torres. You got S- Steven Yoon as Ricky Jupe park uh keith david's in there uh briefly um yes uh oz perkins actually has a little a little role in here um michael wincott and ren schmidt some other people but um all right look i know i know i know jessica (laughs) loves this movie i'm sure she does and that that's okay. That that's okay. I, I I know plenty of people who who like this movie. Um, I I'm not like I'm not with Tammy uh, and Jordan Peele's over. You know, because I love Get Out. Uh, I, I like look. us. Um, I, I I like um, most of what he does. Uh, I do. Um, I was in the theater waiting for this one to get scary at all uh or like for the monster to be intimidating at all um i had heard 
so much praise for Kiki Palmer, you know, that Kiki Palmer deserves all the awards for this. And Kiki Palmer played Kiki Palmer. I mean, it, it, it was just like, you know, for lack of a better, just typical young black girl, like the term vernacular and the way she was taught. It, it wasn't like anything like, I guarantee you she didn't have to stretch herself to play this role at all. There was not, there was, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I just didn't feel like it was, I thought Daniel uh, Kaluuya uh, was better than her. I, and I think he deserves more um, credit than her. Uh, I, I did like uh, Stephen Yoon. I always like him. Uh, rest in peace, Glenn. Uh, but uh, I didn't get why uh, Brandon uh, Pariah, the Angel Torres, was even in the movie. Was he just? He was just the guy that set up the uh, the cameras and. And then, of course, they're best friends now. I mean, I don't, I just, I don't, I just didn't get that at all. Um, I know there's like some really, uh, like deep stuff here about like, um, animals and their territories and, and we as humans, uh, I guess we, we, encroach on their territories or we I, I i i don't know i don't know and i don't care not one iota um because i was bored I was bored i did like the uh the chimpanzee uh scenes and i know they're supposed to be um you know very artistically connecting this bigger story about you know uh, animals and i I don't care <laughs> one one way or the other, but um, I just didn't get I mean, I just didn't get it. I mean, I understand, and I'm not going to go into like there's like a twist, and there was a, a there's a twist like in the middle about what the what the the threat is. Okay, that's all I'll say. And there was a part where. Um, Kiki and Brandon were in the house and stuff started to get. And if you know what I'm talking about, like the house started getting blood on it and stuff. And I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And no, <laughs> it was like one good scene. And then that was it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, it was technically let's, let's talk technically. This movie is beautiful. The mm-hmm. scenery is incredible. The cinematography is incredible. Uh, the, the editing sound design is, yeah, the sound amazing. design is incredible. The score is incredible. Uh, everybody is is a competent or better than competent actor. Um, but I just it just did not sit with me. It didn't do anything for me. Um, and I went to see this with three other people and we didn't like, we weren't looking at each other the, the whole time or whatever. We just let each other watch the movie. And at the end, we all looked at each other and we were like, really? Like, that was it. That was it. I mean, uh, I don't know. 
So I know you have a completely different view, um, and and probably half our listeners do as well. But I just had to say my my piece, and I, and I put it on on Facebook. As far as I'm concerned, I'm sorry you you don't get a pass just because you're Jordan Peele. You just don't. It's just it's not a horror movie. I don't think it's a you know you got a little sci-fi thing here that. Yeah, tries to be maybe a little bit of a horror movie, and um, and there was another part like, and this was near the beginning, when the um, when he went out to the investigate the horse barn, and the um, those kids were messing with him with the those alien masks on, that was creepy, <laughs> that was creepy, and I was like, <laughs> and it just ended up being kids, you know, spoiler. But that's only twenty minutes. Into like, the movie. A, that's a spoiler. Yeah, but it's twenty um, minutes into the movie. But um, you I know. mean, when I saw those, I was like, no, that oh, was that, so that would have been that would have been that would have been better than what we got. That's oh. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not like straight up horror. It's more sci-fi. I thought it was very like actiony though. So it's kind of funny that you describe it as boring because it's more like an action movie to me than a horror movie there are a couple of scenes that are you know scary i guess but mostly it's just kind of like unsettling um and the subplot that's kind of going on in tandem you know with um with jupe and the whole chimpanzee Mm -hmm. story i mean that is horrifying to me um and i love that and i know a lot of people said that they wish that that was the main story but i (laughs) think it's Let's see. Uh, what was the because we're getting these little like vignettes of yeah. the story throughout? You know, if you did a whole movie on that, it probably wouldn't be as yeah. enticing or cool. Um, what was the chimpanzee's name? I forget. Gordy. Gordy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's definitely some really creepy scenes. Um, some like put yourself in those people's shoes scenes, and it's terrifying. But it's definitely not straight up horror. Um, it's probably less. Horror than Get Out or Us. Um, oh, not not probably. It definitely is not. Yeah, as, you know. Um, yeah. I still I, like it a lot. Um, I really feel so- like I really feel like if if the threat trying to try, trying to be as vague as possible here. Yeah. If the threat had looked like threatening yeah or scary in any way or you know that's the only the only way i can i can word it you know then 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 it might have i might have felt different but yeah uh, and i kind of wondered too if that was even still like its final form because it could change its appearance if you mm-hmm. catch my drift so mm-hmm. but i know what you're saying <laughs> yeah. and actually that that last you know kind of um scene did kind of go on for a while and i did kind of get a little bored i mean for the most part i felt like the movie was pretty entertaining and you mean the, the scene whole- where they are trying to you know defeat it yes yeah yeah like that whole last 
final battle or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, it kind of dragged out a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I mean, that was the most exciting part of the movie, but it, even that I was like, okay, yeah. do whatever you got to do. But, yeah. um, but I mean, what he, it seems like Jordan Peele likes to pick a theme, you know, and then yeah. write something really clever around that. Yeah. And so I think in that way, he picked a theme and there's like parallel stories going on, you know, between different characters and their different experiences and stuff, but they're all kind of tying together in this really perfect way to get at this main core theme that Jordan Peele has in mind. And so I think that the way it's written is really impressive for me. Um, so yeah, it's not like the best movie ever. And while I liked most of the characters, some of them did kind of feel, you know, useless or like maybe a little too over the top. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the Jordan Peele way, yeah. you know? Um, I, I think, I think this, like, I, I definitely think Jordan Peele has a lot of talent. Um, but here, here's, here's my, my plea to you, Jordan Peele. <laughs> I'm sure he'll hear it. Stop trying to make some sort of a, grandiose statement about something that's important in the environment or in social just make a good horror movie you know what i'm saying like get out had had definitely a lot of social commentary i love get out but there's there's definitely a social commentary right right there okay um us which like the first half of that, I was like, ooh, this is great. You know, and the second half, I was like trying to figure out what the heck was going on. But I enjoyed it. But there was there's like a a big, like deeper meaning social, you know, something, you know, and this is the same thing. You know, there's another movie and it's you gotta you gotta read into it and subtext and this is what it means and this is, you know, uh, stop. I just want a horror movie. Like I'm at the point where like, um, I'm almost, I'm almost like, um, I've had enough of like arty or artsy movies with like, you understand what I'm saying? Like maybe it's just me and maybe like, uh, I feel myself drawn more to just good old fashioned horror without a whole lot of subtext or, or something underneath of it. I'm, you know, I don't know. Wait, although so I do, although I do a, like, a although I do like art house films and, or, and this is not an art house film. Um, although I felt like it's very similar to an art house film, just on a grand scale with a ginormous budget. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to unplug my brain and like, have fun then don't watch Easter. a jordan peele movie yeah well it's my job don't ask him to not be jordan peele it's my go job. watch some other movie <laughs> yeah, but he could i mean uh you know i think that he could really uh he could probably if he just went straight straight horror and did something like that i mean he might he might be able to put a put an all-time great out but I think you can get a little too 
uh, and again, I say this and I know people that you're going to get a little too impressed with yourself. If you keep trying to do something with this grand statement, every time you do a movie, like just do a movie, just do a horror movie. Would don't you be please? Uh, and that, that's just me, but maybe yeah, I'm just agree. in a complete wrong mood. Maybe I was just in a complete wrong mood. You know? Maybe, but I do agree that so far this year, I don't feel like I can't think of any horror movies that have just been like a straight up horror movie. Yeah. You know, and I do find myself, even though I like artsy horror movies and I like movies with a meaning and character driven and all that, I am kind of like also burnt out a little bit because I do want something a little just like fun and a little more mindless. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anything this year that has been like that. They're all like sci-fi yeah. horror, thriller horror, you know, nothing's yeah. just like a straight up horror. The Texas yeah. Chainsaw remake was. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw or X. Even though X yeah. had some had yeah. some subtext in there, but it was still fun as heck. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. But, you know, again, I don't mean any disrespect from, to Jordan Peele because I think he's massively talented. But, uh, you know, when you, when you have what he basically has now is he just has a blank check. From from the movie studio, because his movies print money, you know, and they're just like, yeah, do whatever you want, you know, and um, yeah, you know. I do also think, though, I will admit, because when Us came out, I was pretty disappointed, and that's obviously a well-made film, but my expectations were so high, you mm-hmm. know, that there were like very specific aspects of it that got me down on it, and so I've been meaning to revisit it because I'm sure that it's all just me you know what i mean like just having way too high of expectations because he's a specific director you know instead of just experiencing the movie as it was intended um because of my own preconceived notions so i think that's one of those like it's a a trap for these bigger directors okay well now that i have made lots of enemies uh, we'll move on to Jessica and uh, your third time around. Let's hear All from right. What you watch? What you watch? Uh, so next, I'm pretty sure Vin said at the beginning of our recording that he had just seen this. Um, I was going to bring up the sadness. Okay. So this is now that's a horror it, right? movie where you can shut your brain off and just have fun. That's, I don't know about fun. I don't know if that's the right word. Oh, I, had, I had a really good time with that film. Oh, really well, you are a messed up individual, sir. It was so gross <laughs> and like over the top. Uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah. Vin, you said you watched this? Yeah. Yes, I did. All right. Perfect. And then Tammy, did you see this one or is this one that you you had to stop watching? I had to stop watching. What was the purpose of uh, the shutting off, or what was the <laughs> what was the reason you didn't I like it? It was too it. gross, or nope. I I think I said on our round table, it was like I I actually made it through like probably more than half of it, and I was just it was I was just tired of seeing kill after kill after kill after kill. After kill. That's all the whole thing was, unless it gets changes. Yeah, it was just like okay, well I, I think I'd rather watch something else. It wasn't that I. Hate it just really probably wasn't for me. 
you know. Kids these days, so desensitized. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, remember yeah, that from the Grinch. So. I just, it didn't have any story, really, so. It did have a story. It did have a story. Yeah, what are you looking a for? A couple Jordan trying Field to make movie? their way across town <laughs> to reunite and yeah. the carnage that ensues. Yeah. Well, I, I I knew like what I was gonna watch six hundred people get killed to watch these two reunite at the end. I they just lost me. So Okay. Well I'll say that it's not just that there's a bunch of kills, it's what the kills are and like what they mean and how disturbing they are yeah, and how this movie was, goes there. Yeah. The one there was one that I was like, Yeah, that's not necessary. But uh you know what that one was, right? Involved an eye. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. that was. I mean, I so I salute them for going there. Like, yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah. disgusting <laughs> and depraved. And I kind of battled with myself internally throughout it. Like, is this just being gross for gross' sake? Um, you That's know, what it, it felt like to me. It kind of it- makes a difference, but in the end, I felt okay with it i didn't feel like it was too like exploitive like just for the sake of it mm-hmm. you know they did have the story and the parallel of it being like happening during a pandemic where everybody's just become really um used to the fact that there's a pandemic going on and they're starting to take it a lot less seriously and then it mutates mm-hmm. into the sadness um and then we see you know what comes of it is a really terrifying parallel you know <laughs> Um, I, I had mentioned this, I believe, on a another rotten round table or whatever. Is I wanted them to make a film out of uh, there's a, a graphic novel series called The Crossed, and it, it's this this the uh, um, plague or something, and and when it and it hits this person, uh, they get this rash on their forehead, and it looks like an upside down cross. That's why it's called The Crossed, and and they don't eat people. They just become maniac killers. Like every, every, um, depraved whim, you know, is what they, they torture people. And they're just, they're, they're the cross. This movie is the closest to that, that, uh, I've seen. And, uh, I can't imagine that they did not get their inspiration from that, um, that graphic novel series. So yeah. that's just me. So what do you think? Van? I'm because int- I keep hearing people reference it yeah. in relation to this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Vin? Um, yeah. A movie that's definitely not for the squeamish. Um, even shutter has a content warning. Uh, <laughs> when, when a horror streaming service gives you a content warning before watching, you know, you know, that you're, you're in for something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it goes there. The graphic yeah. murder, rape. I mean, it's it's got enough blood and guts to satiate even those jaded gorehounds, I think. Um, and I'm you know, I'm not a gorehound, I appreciate gore. <laughs> mm-hmm. But sometimes you at least for me, I need to feel like, you know, I need a movie that pushes the limits and makes horror movies feel dangerous again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't I don't crave that all the time, but sometimes I kind of need that. You know, to kind of like, you know, jumpstart things again. <laughs> yeah. As far as like, you know, my association with the genre. And I think this one provided that for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a gory film, but it's also really well made. Uh, yeah, it's, Ty- it's Taiwanese, but the director is actually Canadian and the writer. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how that worked out. Um, you know how how this became such a weird international collaboration there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's actually got great pacing and tension, uh, some really memorable set pieces. Um, and there does appear to be kind of a political message simmering beneath. I think you kind of alluded to that, Jessica, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like pandemic deniers and, you know, an old man complaining about not being able to hit on beautiful young women on the subway. Uh, <laughs> oh, you yeah. Know, it's, <laughs> um, oh, that scene it's, was so terrifying. And, and this is a film that just does not offer hope. Um, <laughs> but, but it's also clearly having fun. Uh, yeah. This stuff is gross, but a lot of times there's a winking quality to it. You know, um, it's it doesn't entirely feel like a depressing nihilist treatise. Um, you know, sometimes there's some really goofy scenes, like when they're watching like the president on TV and stuff like that stuff is just, you know, <laughs> it's it almost awesome. goes into like Monty Python level of like mm-hmm. what, what, what they're showing us. Um, and then we go right back into like serious movie. So, you know, this is a yeah. movie that I think it, it kind of knows when to lighten things up when it needs to. Um, you know, if if you're someone who's easily offended by movies, don't watch this. This is not made for you. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if it's a film that I see myself going back to a lot, you know, <laughs> just right. because it is gross. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it while I watched it. Um, you know, I don't know. It was I, I had a great time with it. And I do think, yeah, it's it's gross and it's depraved. But, um, you know, it's it, it somehow strikes a good balance with all that. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I that's think, just how I felt. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, it's something that you need every once in a while. But I, I wouldn't want every right. horror movie to be this way. You right. know, it, it it was is definitely something that I, I was kind of I, I wanted like a gore fest or whatever. Uh, and there's definitely I, there's so much blood in this movie that it's it's uh, it, it's I can't even imagine how much fake blood they went through. Well, it's not extreme enough for Tammy, you guys. Tammy's the true, <laughs> the truly brutal. I, I don't even understand show. how you <laughs> shut this off. I was like, yeah, this is kind of. I just I don't understand how you did that. I just don't understand. Like this. I I just don't get that. I don't understand it. Like this. So, that's okay. Sorry, it's uh, it's not for everybody. It, no. And you know what it does? It makes me sad. That you don't like the sad. <laughs> you know what? It's it's not that I didn't like it. I was just kind of like, I guess, indifferent to it and would maybe rather watch something in, else. Maybe you need to watch it with a a group of people. Maybe we need to have a watch party and watch it together. That would be fun. <laughs> yes. And laugh at it and like, you know. Uh, yeah. Because if it's a movie you're there. just watching by yourself, it's kind of, you know. Uh, it, it, it might be a little too, uh, you know. I mean, but. I can't, I might be, well, not with you guys, because we're all weirdos. But if I try to bring this to somebody and be like, hey, let's put this on, I would be really nervous about, like, <laughs> oh, what yeah, they would this, think of me after. <laughs> this is not horror newbie material. This no, is, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you better have watched uh, pretty much <laughs> everything. <laughs> to come you, to this. you gotta know your audience if you're yeah. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. 
So yeah, I really liked it, and I thought it was shot really well. I think that that's kind of what helped me as far as like not becoming desensitized to like kill after kill, is that it's shot in a way that kept mm. the tension up for me, especially in like mm-hmm. the subway scene. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was especially as a woman. That scene is just like so. Yeah. Well, it's terrifying scary. that he he stalks her all through the city. He yeah. Makes, he makes a good villain. Yes, he does. The way he looks and acts. Yeah. He's and then very um, memorable. He's on the poster and it, yeah. it looks really good. Yeah. And then uh the fact that almost pretty much all these effects are practical. It is mm-hmm. that I mean if you like practical effects, this is your movie. I mean there's so much uh like fingers getting sliced off with a a daggone garden shears and and there's just (laughs) there's just uh, and it and and it doesn't hide anything doesn't hide a thing i mean so uh if you like that kind of thing this is this is the movie for you if not if you don't like that uh, i would avoid it (laughs) so might make you sick so and i think this is the director's first full-length film so I wonder if he'll keep doing stuff in the horror genre. Uh, I think, like, he's gonna, I think it's going to be demanded of Hallmark. him. Yeah. It's going to be demanded <laughs> of him. Yeah, Hallmark. Remember that movie we we did and the guy's only other credit was like a Hallmark Christmas movie? Yeah, yes. I don't, uh, I don't remember what movie Jackson. that was. But it was a crazy movie, though. It was a... Oh, I know. It was... um. Is it The Wolf of Snow? No. No, it was the... Oh it my was God. anything for Jackson, right? The guy anything who does all the Christmas. Jackson. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I'm like, this is a crazy movie. Guys getting uh, uh, thrown in the wood chipper, and and you know, it's a Hallmark Christmas. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Now that movie. is a disturbing movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, Vin, you're up. Um, well, this is one that's been talked about before, but I know that there was dissenting opinions. So I did finally watch The Cursed. Um, also mm-hmm. known as Eight for Silver. I know, Mark, this is one of your favorite movies that you saw last year, right? Um, yes. So, you know, uh, it's... But I'm, I'm counting it as a 2022 because it was not wide Yeah, because it was so. like a festival release last year. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I know it's been talked about before, but it's directed by Sean Ellis. Um, it's late 19th century. Uh, this is the synopsis. Um, in the late 19th century, brutal landlord Seamus Laurent uh, slaughters a Roma clan, unleashing a curse on his family and village. The curse comes in the form of a werewolf, of course. Um, I saw some descriptions that said it was set in France. And I know it was filmed there, but I couldn't really figure out the setting. Because yeah. we have names like Seamus and John and Edward. And at one point, the girl's singing like my Bonnie Irish lass or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the characters is a vicar in the Church of England. So I just kind of started to consider the movie being set somewhere in the UK. Yeah. Um, so I, I was kind of confused by that part. Uh, but it's you guys have said it before. It's beautifully filmed, uh, you know, and the acting is good, too. Um, I like the story overall, even though some of the characters kind of made some odd decisions or they jumped to some pretty hasty conclusions. Uh, they, they very quickly come to the determination of where the silver's from, uh, just based on one page that somebody had. <laughs> so, you know, it's I, I feel like we could have teased that one out a little bit more. Um, but there's some really great haunting imagery. Uh, the attack on the Roma camp um, is really well filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a great, uh, a really good body horror scene 
yeah. uh, that was reminiscent of the thing that I really yeah. appreciated. Yeah. Uh, the CGI, you know, it, it does look a little bit rough at times. Um, it took me out of it at times, but overall I, I found it acceptable. Uh, and you know, there, one of my biggest criticisms is that there's a wraparound that takes place in world war one that at first I liked, but then I quickly realized it's a really big spoiler that, you know, once it doesn't take that much to realize what that, that person is in the very beginning. Um, so it kind of ruined a lot of the tension in the third act for me. Um, it's kind of shown as like an aha moment, but it kind of played more as like no crap for me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of think if they, it would have been better if they just left all the world war one stuff for the end, just put it all at the end. Um, you know, and I kind of wish that I was more connected to the human drama that was going on. Uh, I felt peril for the characters in the moment, but I didn't really have any sort of investment in their fate. Um, and I kind of wish I did. But, you know, overall, I thought it was impressive. Um, and I, I can definitely see it counted among, you know, the underappreciated werewolf films going forward um, at this point. Thank you very much, Vin. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's funny. Yes, so it sounds will. like it's probably like Tammy, me, Vin, and then Mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's me, bottom of the pile. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right, Taminator, what's your third one? Sorry to say, it's another not very good one. Good madam. And this looked like it was going to be good. It is a shutter. Yeah, so an, an eerie psychological thriller, no, not really, about Seedy, who is forced to move <laughs> in with her estranged mother, a live-in domestic worker caring obsessively for her catatonic white madam in the wealthy Cape Town suburbs. But as Seedy tries to heal her family, the specter of madam begins to stir. That sounds really good, right? No. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> and <laughs> what is good is uh, it's set in, like, Cape Town, and I, this is, I'm, I'm, Probably I don't want to use like wrong words or anything like I don't even know what that language is called, but it's like that clicking language. <laughs> it sounds like so bad, you know what I'm talking something. something like that. So that was very like, and it's in that language. You do have to read subtitles. I thought that was fascinating. I think this is a whole world that's probably full of all kinds of horrors that's like ripe for movies to be made. And I feel like they just kind of squandered this one. It is, I mean, the whole time you you don't see the white woman, you just see the this black woman working furiously for her and we just know like she's up in this room somewhere and you don't really get to see her so it starts off like that's a good story you know and there's some evil like um spells cast on people and and kind of like there's this idea of how do the white people get the black people to work so maniacally and tirelessly for them and that was all kind of interesting and they just like when it was done, I'm like, oh, really? Like, wasn't that just wrapped up really nicely? Like, there's a really good potential for this to be quite scary and unsettling. And uh, there's just a lot of scenes of the the black woman cleaning the house for, like, minutes, which doesn't... That sounds but, riveting. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, it... it, it, it why didn't they do more with like, tell me about these spells. Tell me about how, cause there's this, um, out in the yard, there's this grave site where like you just see generations of servants buried there. And you're kind of alluded to like how the spell is, I'm trying not to ruin it, but like 
you know, I, like what the white people do to the black people to like have power over them and how this has been done for graduate graduation generations for, you know, <laughs> time untold. And they just kind of really gloss over that um, at the end when you get to see the true form of the white lady that is was pretty terrifying, uh, very disturbing. But you just get like you get it for like a second, you know, so there's like really good ideas here, but unfortunately. They just didn't execute it very well, and I'm surprised it got a shutter release. To be honest, so Tammy, does this seem like the kind of movie that, like, maybe there's a lot of cultural references that we just wouldn't get? One hundred percent, yes. Okay. And then you wonder, like, how much because it is in another language, uh, how am I missing anything with these close, you know, with the translation? Sometimes I thought, like, that doesn't even make much sense, you know. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, it's definitely a world that I don't know a lot about, but I think is pretty fascinating. Uh, the whole idea of apartheid and all that. So and that, you know, maybe it's part of a bigger conspiracy. I love a good conspiracy. So, you know, maybe it's part of like a bigger conspiracy and, and what's really going on there. It could be very horrifying. And I just feel like they really lost a good opportunity so but might that have been really terrifying to someone maybe from that culture maybe i don't know i think maybe i just don't know enough about it and there are like i said a few scary like scenes but just no it's like a scary idea that they just didn't execute very well so and it's 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 definitely a chore you really have to uh pay attention you know and you certainly like you know sometimes when i watch something in spanish or something i even you know you get kind of um, an idea from the inflection or some of the words aren't that different from ours and you can kind of follow there's none of that here you know it just mm. almost sounds like sounds so you really have to concentrate on the words on the screen which is always kind of hard than to watch the movie at the same time i can't i just can't recommend this one really i'm sorry to say mm. But the poster looks good, and like what I had heard about it, you know, I was like, oh, I, I like this idea, but it's just not executed very well. So, sorry to say, it's no, it's a nope for me. So, bad, madam, not good, madam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I'm coming in with uh, a film that's also on Shutter called Moloch. Uh, I believe that's how you is that how you uh, pronounce it, Vin? Oh, I would pronounce I seen it. M O L O C H. It's uh, uh it's a um Dutch Dutch uh, movie. I think it's Molly. I don't I don't know what the I've heard good things about him. Interesting yeah. to hear what you thought. Um it, it's come from the Netherlands, uh languages. There's Dutch, English, and Romanian uh in here, so you'll have to uh this is one of those movies you're going to pay attention. Uh, subtitles. There is no English dub, uh, which is good a good thing because they usually stink. Uh, Beatrix lives at the edge of a peat bog, which is frightening in itself. <laughs> yeah. Peat bog. That's exciting. In the north of the Netherlands, when she and her family are attacked by a random stranger one night, Beatrix sets out to find an explanation. And the more she digs, the more she becomes convinced that she is being hunted by something ancient. Um, okay. Basically, you've got this uh, group of, um, I don't know if they wouldn't be archaeologists, but they would be um, scientists or something. And they, they uncover um, these, um, I don't know, what are they? Uh, they're almost like mummies. 
because I guess if you uh, bog people, yeah, bog people, everything is mu- everything's mummified, you know, in in the bog. Uh, and I guess they disturb something and it kind of uh, awakes some sort of a, a curse to the area. Um, and she's kind of uh, her and her family is kind of being haunted by this She's a little girl uh, that's that's being haunted as well. Um, I will say without a lot of spoilers or whatever, this this is a very, very well made movie. Acting is top notch cinematography cinematography is fantastic the score is fantastic um it's a little slow in certain parts but i believe there are uh especially near the end there there are some really good um uh, scares and things that that make up for a little bit of the slowness uh yeah this this is another one that i'm gonna put on the, the the short list to watch again uh, near the end of the year, because I'm sure it will will probably be placed in my top twenty. Uh, really, really good film. I liked it. Cool. I don't. Oh, I it's like not. That. It's not on the level of 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 say like some of my really my favorites from Shutter, like um, you know, Satan Slaves and um, what was that other one that we really liked? That was oh my gosh. Um, See, I'm getting old. I don't remember, but there, <laughs> there's a few, uh, you know. But this is this is this folk horror, and it's uh, it's good. So I think if you like that sort of thing, you will like it. If you don't like reading subtitles and you don't like, you know, having to follow a, uh, an actual plot, um, yeah, then you won't like this. <laughs> but it's 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 good. It's good. I think this will this will be on Vin's short list of better movies that he's seen this year, I think. All right. Me a folk horror. I know I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Me too. I know. Totally. I said folk, folk horror. And Vin was like, Ooh, <laughs> you have. <me>. All right. <laughs> well, let's, let's roll through one more time here. So, uh, this is it. Then? This is it. This is it. Um, <laughs> so just go ahead and, uh, show all your cards, lay it all out on the table. All right. For movies, I still have The Twin. Only good thing about that really was Teresa Palmer was awesome. Um, And it's really confusing. Um, And that's actually kind of cool in a way that they confuse you by throwing, you know, like all the pain at the canvas, essentially. (laughs) It's like every subgenre of horror imaginable. Um, thrown in to confuse you as to what kind of movie you're actually watching. So that's this, kind of fun in a way. I watched this a couple months ago, and I, I've forgotten more about it than I remember. Isn't this very similar to like a hereditary, not a hereditary, a uh, midsummer? Or there was something? No, but there was like a. Yeah, it looked of, like you could go that way for like 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. But for it does, it does a big it's... swerve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta watch so, it again. It, it it's just it's no, one of don't. those one of those <laughs> twists I, I am so tired of in horror. Totally. I am just completely tired of that kind of twist. And it also it makes certain parts of the story not make sense. Uh yeah. with that twist. So really I, mean, I know it it's well, funny, it's well like filmed, but there was like twenty uh, fake twists, and then the yeah. twist that they did go with was like the same twist as every other movie. Yeah. It's like, I want to go back to that other page on my Choose Your Own Adventure 
horror movie that yeah. I'm watching right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you yeah. take that path. I remember watching it and thinking to myself, this is very derivative of like 27 other movies. I mean, yeah. it's well made, looks good. The uh, setting's pretty. Yeah. Uh, and I and like every 10 minutes, it's like a different horror film. Yeah. yeah. But then yeah. I, and, and, but then when I don't remember a thing about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, two months yeah. after, it just shows you that it, it didn't make that much of an impression. So, yeah, it wasn't great, but I do love Teresa Palmer. And I realized that she has like one of the best voices ever while watching that. Um, so that part was cool. Um, aside from that, I also watched They Live in the Gray, which was a movie that mm-hmm. Tammy said she liked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked it a lot too. It's a supernatural kind of flick. Um, it's not like the most groundbreaking thing I've ever seen, but there was a lot to be appreciated. And I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, it was, um, directed and written by brothers and they kind of created the story as like a way to deal with their own family trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that that element, you know, kind of gives it an extra layer. Um, and you can tell like when you're watching, you see where it's coming from knowing that, um, but yeah, I like that too. I if I'm remembering, like I thought it was. It didn't need to be two hours. I was gonna say I do remember yeah. that it was just like a little too long, um, and it was like kind of unnecessary and started feeling a little meandering. But um, but yeah, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> what? Oh. No. <laughs> no, I got Mark Junior over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with Tammy. I, I liked it a lot. It's in it's in my top ten right now. It's uh, in like my top five. I'm yeah, pretty sure. I thought it was good. Yeah, I did. It was good. Yeah, but it was still a little long. You could, I mean, <laughs> they could probably trim some fat out of it. I'm on Team Jessica. Yes. <laughs> well, we all liked it, so <laughs> <laughs> just different differing levels of love. Right. Yeah, it's okay. Um, other than that, I just wanted to bring up. The Multiverse of Madness, because, of course, that was directed by Sam Raimi. And my favorite person in the world, Bruce Campbell, was in it. And <laughs> oh, gosh. With the, his, his scene was very, perfect. At the very perfect. end. That was it, he was at the end, but he was also, like, in the middle of the movie. Um, yeah. What anyways, was it? They did something. Of... He did something to him. Doctor Strange did something to him. You're right. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't spoil it. it. I'm not supposed to. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm. Man, I just can't. I need some ginkgo biloma or something because I can't <laughs> remember anything. I just it watched just that movie biloba. not too long ago. It just gets worse. Biloba. I'm telling you. Biloba. Yeah, biloba. How about how about not, ginkgo baloney? Can I have some? <laughs> Anyways, that movie was actually pretty cool, and there was a lot of like horrific scenes in it, imagery, I guess you would say. Um, So that was fun. Um, For shows, I watched the third season of Barry, which was probably the best season so far, actually. It's starting to get like a little more serious and traumatic. Um, If you guys are into that, that's kind of like a pretty horrific it's not like straight up horror but um there's a lot of horror and like death and murder and stuff in it um i watched season three of the boys which was amazing greatest show ever that show is so gory and pulls off the gore i'm sure it's all cgi but it looks so good 
Um, and just like some of the ideas that they play out, you know, in that show, so gross, so like terrible, so depraved. It's just like, it's really great. It's also hilarious. So, you know, they kind of balance it out. Um, Stranger Things season four, of course, um, which honestly, I'm not as high on it as everybody else. It's like starting to get a little too cheesy for me, but I, I'm like a total lover of the first season when it kind of was still like actually scary. Um, so that, you know, the, the farther away they get from like feeling scared and just feeling more confident in themselves, like the less interested I am in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched third season of Love, Death, and Robots. All, every season is kind of equally as awesome as each other. And I watched the first season of First Kill, which was terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. Like, there were okay aspects to it. But, like, halfway through, my daughter and I look at each other and we're like, why are we still watching this? But we also can't <laughs> quit now. Like, we have to finish it. So we did. Uh, and then, yeah, I saw the news today that it got canceled. And I sent it in a group chat to my daughter and my mom. And we're all like, yep, turd. Turd. <laughs> Poop on a stick. <laughs> yeah. Vin, clean it up. What do you got left? Oh, geez. Okay. Uh Let's see. I watched uh, Revealer. Um, you I haven't saw that seen one? it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Um, so directed by Luke Boyce. It's it's a low budget horror film, but it's a stripper and a religious protester who gets stuck together during the apocalypse in the eighties inside a peep show booth uh, that they then need to escape. Um, that's a fun premise, and the movie probably should have been more fun than it was <laughs> with that kind of premise. Uh, it doesn't really sell. It's the believability of the scenario. Um, uh, you know, it's yeah. it, from the very beginning, like a stripper just kind of seems to come in on her day off, uh, but she's the only one working. And I don't know how much business this place gets. Um, they have like a, a kind of a pornographic storefront storefront. That's like completely barren uh, paying customers just seem to sit in view of each other, which I don't think <laughs> most peep shows do that uh, it's just kind of weird the way that they have your, the things set up with your vast yeah. experience with peep shows yeah. <laughs> I, I said that privacy is kind of a priority in these kind of places um, and I really didn't see why it needed to be to, you know, why it needed to be set in the 80s uh, it's the limited budget definitely keeps a lot of the action off the screen um, although the ending does give us actually a really cool image that seems like all their budget went into Um we spent a lot of time with these two women who are kind of bickering and dislike each other. Uh, and you know, they do kind of largely redeem themselves by the end. Um, you know, there's definitely a twist with one of the characters you can see coming a mile away. Um, and the acting between the two is acceptable. Uh, the stripper kind of to the film's credit is not like a stereotypical model. She's more like the kind of woman that you might realistically expect to see in a dive peep show. Um, I don't mean that as a slight, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's an interesting choice that they made. Uh, and I mean, in the end, I guess the film kind of won me over. Um, neither actress is great, but they do kind of give it their all. And you can see that. Uh, and the overall theme is kind of about like not judging each other's based on shallow assumptions, which is kind of a message I can get behind. So um, Revealer, it's OK. It was an OK movie. 
Uh, I also watched uh, Night's End, which is also on Shudder. Um, anybody else see this one? No, I've heard bad things about it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to hear some more. Uh, <laughs> this was directed by the same woman who did the uh, the framing story for VHS 94. You know, the SWAT team stuff, mm. which I thought was like the uh, worst part of, of it. The worst part, yeah. yeah. Which doesn't bode well. Um, the IMDb synopsis is uh, an anxious shut-in moves into a haunted apartment, hiring a stranger to perform an exorcism, which quickly takes a horrific turn. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything quick about this film. Uh, it feels like a product of pandemic times, definitely. Except for the main character. Every other character is just seen through a webcam. Uh, and we have a lot of online conversations that just don't feel real. Um, the plot moves along very slowly. I never found myself empathizing with the main character at all. And when the horror does start to occur, the limited budget really shows. <laughs> um, mm. And we get some pretty hilarious looking special effects at the end. Uh, and I honestly couldn't tell if the third act of the movie was still taking itself seriously, like the first two acts did, um, or if it had purposely shifted into camp and farce. Because uh, I don't know how else to explain this. Um, either way, it did not work for me. Um, I also, I finally watched Scream. Oh, yay! 2022 Scream. Mm -hmm. uh, that was on Paramount+. Plus. Um, directed by two guys now, right? Who's who are directing? Uh, Matt Bettinelli, open. I can't really say that very well. And uh, Tyler Gillette. Um, I don't consider myself a fan of the Scream franchise. Like, I like the original a lot uh, as a fun slasher, but none of the sequels has ever kind of matched it for me. You know, basically, I kind of enjoy them for what they are while I watch them, and then I very quickly forget about them and feel no desire to return to them. So I wasn't going into this film with any sort of like serious investment. If it sucked, I wasn't. It wasn't going to ruin me, you know, <laughs> as a fan. Right. Uh, you know. All that being said, I found myself actually really enjoying this one. Um, I, I could see some diehard fans possibly like getting all upset about you know certain aspects, but I would, and I would totally understand that uh, if that was the case. But I thought the kills were actually pretty good. Uh, and the story moved along like really swiftly and um, swiftly enough while adding for me just the right amount of humor. Uh, I liked the meta horror stuff in this one, which I don't think that stuff really worked in like Scream 4, from what I remember. Um, and I, I really liked how they kind of took to, uh, you know, the meta horror had to deal with um, like soft reboots. Yeah, and their their relations to original films and the fates of like legacy characters and things like that. I thought that stuff was actually a lot of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. there's also an interesting element with the legacy of Billy Loomis that I thought at first I'd find really annoying, but it actually had me kind of laughing out loud, um, uh, and really enjoying by the end. <laughs> um, Courtney Cox looks incredibly odd because of her plastic surgery history. And yeah. I kind of wish they addressed it somehow in the script because every time she was on and her mouth didn't move right i kind of was distracted uh that would have been but, awesome yeah and I, I, I just wish they said something like a throwaway line about all the black sur surgery she's gotten um but you know like i said i don't rewatch any of these sequels so this film may be held higher due to my kind of crappy memory of the other ones uh but i kind of enjoyed this one quite a bit um i had a lot of fun with this one uh did you guys talk about this one much on previous roundtable you did right scream been a while though it's been a couple yeah months yeah it's been a while seen it yeah probably january or february when did it come out yeah, it came it out in january yeah, or i think it came out in january and yeah. i actually went and saw it in the theater yep i'm late to the 
this show. It's okay, um, Vin. Um, I also <laughs> I'm the I same watched... way. Scream's not like my favorite, you yeah. know. So oh, it it's not that. It's it was in the theaters, and Vin doesn't get to the theater. I don't get to the theater. <laughs> I don't always um, either, but I I knew that my daughter. Well, my daughter actually ended up not liking it. Yeah, she usually. She's usually a fan of the Scream stuff in general, but yeah, she I think she was the lowest on it of me, her, and her best friend that went. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, okay, next one I saw was uh, I saw Deadware. Um, written directed by Isaac Rodriguez. Uh, and this, you know, it, it, the premise sounded interesting. I'm a sucker for this type of thing. But um, yeah, it didn't work. Uh, the synopsis is, in 1999, two friends use a webcam for the first time and stumble across a mysterious browser game that may be haunted. And once again, we got this, like, 90s nostalgia here, right? Um, mm-hmm. you like, uh, you know, that's what I was thinking. Like, you have Scream making some 90s references. You got, like, Studio 666 that came out. Um, of course, had some 90s references. Like, there's, I was hitting a lot of 90s nostalgia uh, as I was watching things. Um, you know, and this movie does not feel like it's from the 90s at all. Uh, you know, we have a character using a very modern idiom of being ghosted by somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I get the desire to use that term because the story is a haunting one, but no one in 1999 was saying that term. No. Uh, the webcams that we see are like crystal clear. And for those who remember, webcams in 1999 made people look like they were stop motion, you know, films, mm-hmm. uh, how choppy they were. Um, you know, and that was also a time when people were first starting to broadcast their lives in real time to the internet. And I feel like that was a missed opportunity to exploit with this film. Um, you know, like host or unfriended, the whole movie takes place on a computer screen. And I like that approach if it's done right. Uh, you know, we have two characters that are old friends. They start kind of chatting and then they start to play a browser game that one of their other friends was obsessed with. And, you know, the eerie supernatural things start to occur. There's kind of a, a cool gimmick using an online Ouija board where they kind of put their fingers on the mouse, you know, and move it around. I thought that was kind of a neat thing, but it doesn't really deliver. Like it has one of those fake screens. I mean, of course it's fake, but you know how like sometimes movies can't really copper the way a cursor actually moves on a screen. Like as though a hand was actually directing it. Yeah. You kind of have like this weird, like smooth animation of like somebody like, like the cursor moving over and click. Like nobody moves their mouse that way. Um, that's what we're <laughs> getting in this. So you're constantly like, you know, t- being taken out of the experience. Um, you know, characters were pretty unlikable, and the resolution was pretty sloppy and rushed. Um, so I don't want to mo- slam the movie too much. I mean, it's obviously done on a low budget, and I always applaud efforts filmmakers who try different things. But you know, this movie—it's only an hour eight minutes, and I still can't recommend it. Uh, did you see this one, Mark? No. 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 Nope. Okay. You can skip it. Uh, <laughs> I will. Right, I, just, <laughs> I just got two more I'll talk about real quick, as, as quickly as I can, because I ramble. Um, there was The Haunting of Pendle Hill, which I had actually seen somewhere online a fairly, what seemed to me a positive review. And, of course, they used that, those two words, folk horror, together, mm-hmm. um, which had me intrigued. So I wrote it down. So, I, you know, I finally got around to watching it. It's, it's, it's an American film. But it's directed by a British uh, director, a guy named Richard John Taylor. And I, there were weird things in the script that kind of made me look this guy up. And I found a 
long article from 2014 in the Guardian that basically described this guy as a con man who stole thousands of pounds from like naive investors and claimed to own properties he didn't own and lied about his time working for the BBC and everything like that. So um, I guess, you know, it's kind of a, I guess, scumbag. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> he's still he's still making movies somehow, I guess. Um, and they're based on the, or I should say they're inspired by the Pendle Witch Trials uh, of, I think, 1612. They're kind of similar to the Salem Witch Trials. I think 10 people were hanged at this one. Uh, but they're kind of an, you know, an infamous spooky area, I guess, in the UK. Uh, and the movie kind of alternates between a young American woman searching for her lost historian father in the woods around Pendle Hill and period moments of a father and daughter going through the woods encountering a witch, like back in the 1600s, you know, played by the same mm -hmm. actor and actress, which could be kind of interesting. And there is like an interesting twist in the third act, but it doesn't really save the film. Uh, for the most part, the movie is it's dull, it's plotting, most of the acting is subpar. Uh, sometimes the editing is really confusing. Um, like there's at one point where this, the, the girl, she's camping with this older guy. Cause they're both out looking for the father. And we see this older man out in the woods, pointing a gun at a witch. And the girl is standing at a tent calling his name. And it wasn't clear to me that she was witnessing this whole thing. Like him pointing the gun because she obviously was, it was obviously was not filmed in the same location. <laughs> so like she, she didn't like where no, 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 look where her eyes were. Like, I don't think the actress really knew what she was reacting to. Uh. So I thought that she was just like calling out for him, you know, and like couldn't find him. And then later on, she talks about how she witnessed this horrific incident. And I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, she was supposed to be seeing that the whole time. <laughs> so it's just like weird, like bad editing, you know, and the way things are. Oh, put no. Um, just like weird character moments like this character. She says like she says she's an atheist. And then in the very next scene, she's talking to a priest and then she prays with him and says, amen. And I'm like. Did I miss the conversion subplot somewhere? Like, did we forget the character just said she didn't believe? Like, and also that whole scene added nothing to the plot. So anyway, you know, there's some Ugh. beautiful scenery, but when you're filming in a beautiful area, that's pretty hard to screw up. Um, so no, you, you do not need to see The Haunting of Pendle Hill. <laughs> and okay, the last one. I'm going to try and go quick. Uh, I did watch The Reef Stalked, uh, which is fairly new. Um, did anybody else watch this one? Landon and I made it about two thirds of the way through, and he, we both looked at each other at the same exact time, and we're like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> uh, I haven't watched it yet. And That's we, bad, huh? I'm it's there for title. a shark movie. Like we both, Landon loves shark movies. I, I like shark movies too, but no. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I didn't hate this film. Uh, it's. You know, of course, Australian. It's directed by Andrew Trauke. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. He did the original The Reef, which I realized I didn't. I actually haven't seen yet. Uh, but he also did what Blackwater, the alligator one. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So he likes creature features. Um, and this is a sequel to The Reef. There's not any direct relation. It's just you know a sequel. Uh, and it follows four young women who are they're diving and they go on a kayak trip to an island. But very quickly, they're being stalked by a great white shark um, after they get into the water. Um, the film looks good. It's very, it does. And the shark yeah. actually looks good. It, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, yes, sometimes. Yes. Very vibrant colors. Um, very reminiscent of the shallows. In I love the, the shallows. Pop, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, they're, you know, our, our central character is very good looking, too. Um, the movie, it starts off slow. Uh, and... I do think it gives kind of a, a solid character backstory overall. Um, 
I do think most people will find the movie too slow. But you see, I don't mind like when a movie will go for tension over crazy attacks if they don't have the budget <laughs> for yeah. crazy attacks. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it, I've already mentioned this a couple of times with some of the things I've been talking about, the bad special effects. Like it, I started thinking, you remember that that old saying, uh, it's like better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that rule should apply for budgets and horror films. It's like, <laughs> let us just assume you have a low budget and don't show us things rather than try and show us stuff. And we immediately know that you don't have a budget here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think that same rule should somehow apply. Uh, you know, it, if you can't show me a convincing shark, then, you know, show me tense moments. I'll, I'll be okay with that. Um, the acting was all pretty good. Uh, the main actress, Teresa uh, Lane. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, she's beautiful. And yeah. she also, I think, puts in a pretty good performance. Um, it's I think right when Tammy turned off the movie is where it really started to lose me. Um, the third act starts to... Yeah, we, we do get some questionable CGI. Um, there's at one point the shark like rams the boat and it is such an awkward like CGI shadow that they have like go like a rocket towards the boat. <laughs> it doesn't look real at all. You're like, you can't help but laugh a little bit. Um, you get some c- really dumb character decisions and you can only watch people fall into a water and climb back into a boat so many times. Like it just becomes really silly. Um, so, you know, it, it, it honestly, it lost me the third act. I was okay for the first two acts. I'm like, okay, this is a slow, slower shark movie. I'm okay with this. Cause most of the, most, most time you see the shark, it's like, it's just underwater footage of a real shark. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've yeah. had like years and years of shark week. I'm sure there's tons of footage out there, just of sharks swimming around, mm-hmm. you know? So that stuff looked fine. Um, it just gets really cheesy in the in the last part of the film that it just lost me then. But I mean, you know, you don't go in expecting Jaws. I mean, <laughs> and it's definitely not the shallows either. Um, but it's it's a middling shark movie. You know, you just got to know that it's it's a slower one. But you know, it depends on what people want. Uh, so anyway, I'm done. Mercifully, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tammy. All right. For once, I'm going to be the quickie. So two good things now that I get to switch to my TV shows. First one, American Horror Story Season 2 is back on FX or Hulu. I watch it on Hulu. Uh, only two episodes so far. This is the like the kind of like their mini little anthology show that they do apart from like the American Horror Story. Um, for, um, so there's been two so far. Um, and I really like both of them, especially the last one. From just this past week was called Aura, and it starred uh, Gabrielle Sidibe, who is from the Witch season. She's that larger black girl from I think mm-hmm. Precious, and I just think she's great. Uh, and she's married to this horrible guy played by Max Greenfield, who's been in a lot of American Horror Stories. Um, and it's just about uh, you know those um, doorbells where you can see who's at your door. Yeah, yeah I like got a one. ring. Ring. Yeah, ring. Right. Okay. Well, it's like if one of those was evil, but it's a really cool premise. I really loved it. Um, it if one of those was like a portal, it, 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 I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's how dead people can come back through these things. It's really cool. But <laughs> what it does, like, <laughs> sorry, it was really good. Excuse um, me, I'm going to go unplug mine right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, me and Landon are both like, oh, thank God we don't have one of those, you know? It's just, but 
if you get one, what comes back is somebody that you've wronged who has a bone to pick with you. It's really good. And then the week before was one called uh, Dollhouse, which stars Dennis O'Hare, who I love. And he's just a guy with like a, a living dollhouse that he's made for himself. It may, and the women are mannequins. So, and they're very creepy looking. And I think they have a picture of him in like the, you know, if you look at the show, you'll see like a group of these mannequin things. And it's from that story. So really off to a really good start. I really like both of them. And I'm sure some will be better than others, like with most anthologies. But so far, so good. Uh, the season new one any good? I mean, I, I never. Yeah, I never it was good. This. It was good. Um, but I like this better so far. So yeah. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil, the new series on Netflix. Anybody else give it a try? No, I've heard good stuff. Um, so Landon and I were watching. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan, and I it also stars Rance Riddick or Lance <laughs> Lance Riddick. Who played, I think it was Lieutenant Broyles on Fringe. And he's been in like a million things. I love him. So he's he's playing Wesker. So, I mean, they're obviously like going off on a different direction with it. We watched the first two. And I was really liking it. Landon said it was really boring. So now that he's gone back to school, I plan on finishing it. But I've only seen the first two. And I mean, it's like... It's not like the latest movie where they're trying to like retcon and start. This is like they've taken it in a whole nother direction that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the game. So I don't know, but I'll give it a try. And then since there's so little to watch, we did a lot of rewatches. Um, we watched Frozen, the the ski lift movie, not the Disney princess. Um, the Gate. Uh, it followed. <laughs> yeah, it follows Poltergeist. A couple other ones, but. Um, yeah, we were just kind of in the movie or the mood to watch mm -hmm. some older movies. So I forgot That's to mention, I, I watched last night. I watched uh, Insidious with my son. Um, he went to something scary, but it's it's PG thirteen, so I knew there wasn't yeah. anything, you know. Yeah, um, but it's terribly scary. I think. Yeah, it I think is, that yeah. movie's scary. But what was great in the last like fifteen minutes, we have like a we have a lamp that's kind of like it's like one of those like touch lamps, you know, that you just tap the thing mm -hmm. and like the thing just like turned on by itself. Like, oh, right no. Like, oh, heck no. Like, you, have yeah. to you have to remove I'm like, I don't. I'm like, look in the basket next to you. They're removed next to you. He's like, oh, my God. So, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So it was just perfect timing. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's it. We're haunted. <laughs> Watch one horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Um, that's it for me. All right. Uh, I don't have a ton. I got... Uh, uh, abandoned. Have you heard of that? That one. It's Emma uh, Roberts' new film, and oh my gosh, it was horrible. It's a she's um, she's a new mother, and it's I guess there's like Emma maybe Robbie? some huh? Emma Roberts. I'm sorry. Um, what, who? Did, no, what did I say? No, you did say that, but is that who you're talking about as a new mother? Because yeah. Yeah, Emma Roberts, yeah. Julia Roberts' niece, right? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work. Um, no, it doesn't. I usually like the things that she's in. Yeah, me but too. But I don't know. Maybe she had to fulfill a, you know, a contract or something, or I don't know, owed somebody a favor. But this is, I know there's a lot of uh, subtext here about postpartum and and all that. Th this is a terribly boring film. Um, oh. It's not, I probably not, would have given it a try because of her. So now I, really I mean, give it a try. I mean, you might like it. I just, I just didn't like it 
um, at all. Um, and then the, the last thing, honestly, uh, well, actually the last two things, I know you mentioned Jessica that you not, not a, as big of a fan uh, of this season of stranger things. Um, and I understand what you're saying as far as like the farther we get away, like every season when they overcome or they do, you know, something, they gain experience, you know, it, it, they're not as scared or whatever. I, I actually love this, this past season. I thought it was very, uh, inspired by like, say a Wes Craven or Nightmare on Elm Street and, and a lot of, um, great, uh, practical effects yeah. you know a lot of people like don't kind of went back to its horror roots more yeah and mm-hmm. i i thought it was pretty uh um i guess balls to the wall horror i mean it just yeah. wasn't wasn't beating around the bush uh it, it was straight up horror uh, i liked uh um uh, the concept uh and, I'm, and I'm, i guess i was getting ready to spoil so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil but um yeah, really liked it. Really liked it a lot. And uh I really like um Max. So, you know, she, she she's kinda like centered in this she's things center mm-hmm. around her a little bit in this mm-hmm. season and I and I like I like that. I I, I kind of feel like kindred maybe because uh you know, I grew up in a trailer park and and she's living in this trailer park and I'm like, Yeah, that's the you know uh, Yeah. You know, I did so like because I, I like I liked all the horror elements. It was more of the like character stuff that I didn't like, you know, you yeah. know like the new characters are kind of like whatever to me. And she's probably the only one that didn't really bug me. Yeah. She was the only one I was like, yeah, this yeah, character I didn't feels like, the, like an actual new, person. I don't like the new character of the boyfriend uh, who got mad, you know, the, uh, Christie's boyfriend. Who oh, is out yeah. to get, you know, uh, I he was yeah. just he was, a pretty good actor, though. Yeah, but he was a throwaway. And then, um, but I, I loved Eddie Munson. I mean, he was great. Everybody yeah. seems to love him. He's like dude, blowing when, up. When I was, we were watching this. Um, we were at our family's lake house with some friends or whatever. And we had uh, uh, like Stranger Things watch nights. Like they had just come out and it, let me see. The family we were with uh, have five kids and we have you know, two uh, of this age. And so we're all sitting around watching it. And when Eddie Munson started playing uh, master of puppets, Mm -hmm. my son went wild. He was like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just like, it was great to, you know, um, to see, but uh, yeah, it, it was just good fun. I mean, honestly, the, the part that I didn't care much about was, was Hopper and the whole thing in Russia. I was just kind of like, eh, I didn't either. Yeah. And I love Hopper. Yeah. yeah he's like yeah. my favorite character and I felt the same way. Yeah. They should have brought and, him uh, back. I agree. Yeah. yeah I kind of wish that they wrapped that whole thing up a little bit sooner. Yeah. Yeah. It took mm-hmm. way too long and I didn't like Yuri. <laughs> he was an idiot. Yes. And I then agree. last thing I told you guys, uh, this, this was just like last week. It was, I think it was last Saturday and my back was hurting and I was just like laying around and, um, jaws came on, uh, TV and it was, it was a cable network. So it wasn't cut or anything. And I hadn't seen jaws in, in quite a while. 
and have we ever covered Jaws? Yeah. We have? We did it for a summer episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's probably the last time I saw it, probably three years ago, four years ago. And uh man, I just reminded of like how perfect the movie it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so good. I like all the characters. Um well, except for the characters that you're not supposed to like, like the mayor and, and all that. But, um, man, I, I don't care what you say. That shark looks good. When when that shark is swallowing, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh. Quint. Quint? Yeah. Quint. Yeah. I'm sorry. It looks like a real shark. It does. <laughs> uh, um, it was just... The music, the cinematography, uh, uh, it, it was just, oh, so many great okay. lines. You're going to need a bigger boat. And uh, it was just, it's just a, such a phenomenal movie. And if people don't think that's a horror movie, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you could do the same thing. Uh, just it, it's, it's Michael Myers in the water is what it is. Uh, <laughs> he's like stalking people and killing them. You know, he's, <laughs> this shark is crazy. Yeah, like people would never be afraid of sharks or going out in the ocean if it weren't for that movie. Yep. Yeah, it scared yep. an entire generation out of yep. the water. So so good, so good. And I want to um I want to go back and watch Jaws too. I haven't seen it in in quite a while, and I know it it's not at the level of Jaws, but I still I remember it still being a pretty good movie. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah, I remember yeah, this I is more the kids. Three is where it really starts growing off the rails. Like, yeah, three yeah. was um, 3D and it was just. Well, he was at SeaWorld or something. Really slow attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, the and wasn't it. Uh, oh, yeah. Here, This was funny. Look at this. This is the the um, the um shark coming at the screen. Yeah. yeah. There was no like wiggle of the, of the fish like swimming. It was just like. Um, you went too fast yes and then uh the the fourth one they get really crazy and the shark actually follows the family yeah the coast whatever i'm like oh my gosh we have gone off the rails anyway i've actually heard if i'm remembering this correctly that the novelization of jaws 2 is actually really good apparently it's better than like the original Jaws novel from whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, but <laughs> I, uh, I could never get through the original Jaws novel. Um, I know there's some big differences with the characters and yeah. So I'm not saying it wasn't, wasn't good, but I was a young, a youngster. So maybe I need to give another try, but so there you go. That's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of stuff because we hadn't had one in a while. So, uh, hopefully we'll have another one at, at the beginning of September and we won't get so backed up. All right. Well, let's uh, give our plugs and let's get out of here. Taminator, where can people find you? Uh, just on our group page, uh, forecast Taminator, Tammy Turner. Taminator, Tammy Turner. All right. How about you, Jessica? On Facebook, I'm Jessica Schmidt. On Instagram, I'm amateur.destroyer. On Twitter, I'm at Amateur Destroya. And on Letterboxd, I'm Ashy underscore Slashy. Vin. On Facebook, I'm Vin Horrorcast. Uh, on Instagram, I think I'm Revenant Vin. 
and YouTube Revenant Reads. I'll do those three. There you go. All right. Well, if you want to email us, you can do so at askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the HCast and the Horrorcast on Instagram. That's going to do it for this episode of the Horrorcast, where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared. Monster.